This is a Boathouse Studios podcast. To support this podcast and other podcasts like it, visit patreon.com slash boathouse studios. That's boathouse studios, B-O-A-T-H-A-U-S studios, house spelt the German way. Dozens of people are gunned down each day in Springfield, but until now, none of them was important. I'm Kent Brockman. At 3 p.m. Friday, local autocrat C. Montgomery Burns was shot following a tense confrontation at Town Hall. Burns was rushed to a nearby hospital where he was pronounced dead. He was then transferred to a better hospital where doctors upgraded his condition to alive. Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors. And here we are back again in Boathouse Studios. I'm so glad that you did that quote. Yeah. Because while I was watching, this is one of the, um, just to clear the air real quick, yeah. this is one of the very few episodes that we've done in this uh, entire encyclopedic compendium of all things Simpsons seasons one through ten that we haven't watched together. That's true, yeah. 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 And while I was watching it, I like to, whenever we do this, I like to play the game what what quote will Alan pick? <laughs> and uh, that's the one that's that I was I was banking on that one. If I was a betting man, I would have gone for that one. Not just because it's one of the great quotes, but it just feels like um, you do a you do a good Harry Shearer, right? But yeah, you <laughs> like you have a nice cadence to yeah. to match Harry Shearer. It's weird when I do them because sometimes I'm like, should I try and do a voice on this? Or should I like I just that do you rarely voice? do. I yeah, like, I just yeah. I try to just do my voice, but yeah, it's hard sometimes, especially when reading them. Uh, to like not just jump into the like you said the cadence of Kent Brockman in that yeah case. you yeah. did uh, you did a really good job of not doing the <laughs> I'm Kent Brockman yeah. part right um, okay so this is uh, this is it we're at the we're here we're, this is the season finale yeah the wheels have fully come off at the finish line but we have <laughs> oh, made good. it and we are going to push even further oh we're going hard into season seven season seven we're jumping right in this because is this is a rare uh, in fact the only time that The Simpsons has done a two-parter that is seasons apart. <laughs> yes, that is a... <laughs> Unless it's happened in season 29 or something. I, I, don't, I don't think so, don't think so. but they definitely have done two-parters before. Yes. Uh, after this, none of them... Ha- but they, they're within their seasons. Yeah, they're yeah. within their seasons, and sometimes they aired on the same night. Okay. Yeah. Like hour-long specials? Yeah, oh, that wow. sort of thing. All right. Um, but yeah, this is... Uh, so we're going to be talking about Who Shot Mr. Burns as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, Parts of course, one part, and part two. Part one is the finale of season six, and part two is the premiere of season seven. Uh, we kind of discussed doing it this way because I just think it, it, it makes more sense to talk about them together, especially since we kind of take our own uh, summer break in between seasons. Mm-hmm. So we didn't want to... You know, leave you hanging, leave you, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It just uh, there's so much to talk about with the story as a as a whole, rather than just part one, and then like, ah, and then we'll see what happens, uh, <laughs> and then talk about part two. It just doesn't make as much sense for for a podcast, in my opinion. No, you're right. So that's why we decided to do it this way. So it's a little weird, but it's fine. It, we'll just treat uh, what is it, Radioactive Man, as the oh no, that's season eight. What's the what's no, the first right. episode after? Is you're it right. is yeah, it yeah, it's is season two? Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. Right My brain is all over the place. Uh, we did uh, Simpsons trivia on the weekend. Oh, yeah. How you been? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just a quick little one. but uh, And it was a lot of fun. And But the reason I thought about that is that they do a randomizer now where they have, you know, uh, ping pong balls and a little tumbler mm. and a student, a student. <laughs> A student. <laughs> a student of uh, The Simpsons will reach in and pull out a oh, I mean, a, we could be called ball. students yeah, of The Simpsons. I think so. Uh 
and it'll be a number, and it'll be you know what episode they'll still find us what season, what number, what episode, and that kind of thing. And I try to guess what episode it is based on just based on the the season and the number. Ah, uh, that's a and tough sometimes, game. Sometimes it's pretty easy. Like when uh, I think it was last time, it was season five, episode two, and I'm like, oh, Cape Fear, come on, mm-hmm, easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time it was season four, episode eight. Do you know what that one is? Is that's uh, Lisa's first word? No, it's Mr. Plow. Oh, and I got it. I was like, I was like, I think it's Mr. Plow. Is it Mr. Plow? And it was, and I was very proud of myself. So that's you know, that's that's just me. This is uh, Alan's uh, ego corner, and I'm very proud of myself for doing that. Uh, our team got uh, tied for first at Simpsons Trivia. Your team. Yes. You're not doing Simpsons trivia anymore? I'm not hosting currently, no. Oh, no? No, that was a, a brief gig. Oh, okay. I had to miss the one in June because I was at a wedding, and mm. they quickly replaced me. Oh, with who? Well, with Shia again. Oh, so okay. He's just so back. he came back. He's oh, back. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes sense. You know, that guy who they didn't think would come back, yeah, but exactly. did come back. Yeah. But we tied for first place, and so they had to go to a tiebreaker. The tiebreaker was, uh, what radio station does Homer tune his radio to in Mr. Plow to write itself? You know, as a means to try and find out who a winner is, we both put 107. (laughs) The answer was 106. So we had to go to a second Mm -hmm. tiebreaker, uh, which was name as many, in 30 seconds, name, like on your pieces of paper, Mm -hmm. name as many of the flying hellfish as you can. And so we got six and they got eight. And so they ended up winning. Asa, Ox, (laughs) Burnsy, Abe. And so the other thing was they they said we need first and last names when given, if they were given. So so we couldn't just put Asa, for example. We need to put Asa Phelps. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, C. Montgomery Burns, yeah. Abraham Simpson, uh, Sheldon Skinner. Sheldon Skinner, yeah. Um, Ox was, you know, it's just... His, his name's name. Oxford. Oxford. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's canon. I, I always wonder if it's just Burns calling him that. But anyway, um, what was the other one? Uh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, we got six, they got eight, so they won. And mm-hmm. so it was like, ah, well-deserved, you know. We we had a moral victory as well. Fight so. to the fight to the finish. Yeah, to the bone. Exactly. How have you Antonio been? Antonio Banderas? <laughs> how, how that's you, that's how, an Antonio Banderas. No, it's movie. not. No? Please, <laughs> please stop this. Uh, I've been uh, I've been I've, I've been all right. I've been in Fort Steel, just yeah, kind of plugging away cool. um, through the through the summer. It cannot end soon enough. Great. Yeah, and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're kind of rushing through the how you've been because we got a lot to get. to We this do. Episode. We have a lot to get to, and we have a very special guest we who's uh, skyping in, and we have this apparatus yeah. here that is like I am taking full advantage of this Zoom H6 right now. Oh yeah, like, oh, it's great. It is uh, it's very fully well. loaded. How's it going? We have. Uh, James Steiner, yeah, aka J- the Real Gems from YouTube, is you might joining know us him from the, from his YouTube voice- channel. With that, oh, I was going to say you might know him from Boy Scouts in the Hood episode that we did, and but- more importantly, <laughs> that Boy Scouts in the Hood episode that he called in on. How you That's doing, right. Jim? Hey, everybody! It's the return, the return <laughs> of the Real Gems <laughs> at long last. Yes, the much, uh, much uh, anticipated, much ballyhoo, much demanded yes, return. Indeed. Um, uh, I don't know. Is it really if, much demanded? I wonder. Well, I, I don't I know, like but so. for us, it is. You yeah, give us a nice I bump with it. the Americans. <laughs> I'll tell Every, you everybody much. at home right now is wondering why the audio sounded slightly more cracklier than usual. So <laughs> that's right. It's actually coming through nice and clear right now. Oh, I, nice. Uh, I'm uh, I'm very happy about this whole setup that we've got. So uh, whatever mic you're speaking into, don't ever change. Okay. <laughs> when <laughs> you I get all that, if you want. <laughs> when I get all those big YouTube bucks, then I'm going to get the really fancy microphone. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah those YouTube bucks, those uh, hypothetical dollars. Yeah. Once you get sponsored by Skillshare, then then you're. 
Oh yeah, that's have, the, that's the one right now. That's all the YouTube videos I watch are everyone sponsored by Skillshare right now. As a uh, uh, James, as a as a uh, I don't know, uh, mildly popular YouTuber, um, do you ever get the chance to shill for the big corporations out there like Audible or Casper or Mac Weldon? <laughs> No, I don't at all, and no? it's kind of a shame. I, I have this really big urge to advertise for MeUndies right now, but Ooh. unfortunately, no. <laughs> oh um, man, me too. I, actually, I don't even I don't even have ads on my channel still. It's actually a pretty sad situation because I applied to put ads for on there, but uh, there is a big logistical problem in the background. That's kind. Of, it's the Simpsons so. thing. No, no, actually, I think there's something going on with YouTube where. Like there, at some point, they basically stopped taking new applications where you could apply, hmm. but then it would tell you, uh, like these are going to be approved. We have this big backlog. You'll be approved in like May. You'll be approved in June. You'll be you'll be approved in July. And then they finally cleared their ba- backlog. And then I got an email, and a whole bunch of people got emails saying, "We're still reviewing yours. Like there's still more things we need to check on." And I was like, "What the hell is there really to check on? Like <laughs> every other review channel is, you know what I mean? If it's yeah. a copyrighted thing, then no one on YouTube can make any money." So. The whole oh, yeah. thing's Most weird. Of the stuff I watch that has copyright or that, uh, sorry, is sponsored has copyrighted stuff. You know the the whole fair use thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's weird. So that's neither here nor there. Like I was only going to run ads anyway, just because everyone was just saying like, why aren't you? Like they thought <laughs> it was ridiculous with all the research. Like I yeah. kind of liked the hippie idea of like you know You're just doing it for man fun, for the you know? man of the people. Yeah. But when I was like researching, like when I was putting all that research in like the Krusty the Clown Simpsons history video and I was like pulling all these episodes, I was like, why am I doing all this research and like not getting the five dollars of advertising revenue or whatever, (laughs) you know? So so at that point, when you're doing that much research, you you may as well as much of a hippie as I want to be, you may as well. So, well, do you have a Patreon you can plug? Uh, nope, no Patreon or anything. That, Your I'm integrity even, is staggering, my good man. <laughs> somebody actually asked me if I have a Patreon, and I was like, I feel kind of weird about it because I was like, like I have a day job, I'm doing fine income wise. Like I don't, like I'm very purely middle class. I'm not saying I'm rich or anything, but I I make a living, you know. So I don't really need like a, any more. This sounds really egotistical, but I don't feel like... <laughs> I don't like, need I your like, money. I, I feel like I do well enough where I'd rather everyone just have their own money. Yeah, so no, I don't that's, know. That's totally fair. Uh, next time someone asks you that, though, just tell them, yes, I do. It's uh, patreon.com slash boathouse studios. Um, <laughs> tell them that. I refer them to you guys. <laughs> oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> Get those uh, iTunes reviews in. I know, right? Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Uh, so... You are, we've, I think the first videos I ever watched on your channel were actually the uh, Who Shot Mr. Burns theories. Yes, 100%. So I I will uh, touch on that quickly because I'm pretty sure I I introduced you to them. You sure did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, and we discussed this probably on the last time uh, James was on, but just to reiterate, uh, my friend Ife, who, you know, past and future guest of the show, uh, and I... (laughs) Boy, uh, we're watching you know random YouTube stuff, and we stumbled upon your channel, and we started watching the uh, part one of the Who Shot Mr. Burns mystery thing, and I just remember very distinctly Eve and I both being kind of like, 
you know, oh, this will be great. Like, kind of, like we're so cynical and we're so <laughs> very like, cynical. Yeah, we're just like, oh boy, another Simpson person thinks he knows thing. And then, uh, and then we start watching it. And I think because uh, in the first part, it uh, it just kind of talks about the the Maggie solution, the the real solution, and then uh, teases what could be. Uh, in part two, and so we watch. So we were like, oh, that, I mean, that was enjoyable. Let's see what let's see what his theory is in part two. And uh, when it's first uh, presented that it'll, that it's Marge, we were like, uh, no, like we're so <laughs> quick to be like, you dummy. And then like as the episode went on, we were both just like, oh shit, oh wow, okay, yeah. And we were hooked. Like, <laughs> like he, so uh, we will discuss uh, this stuff more at length at the end of the this this episode here. But I just wanted to bring up that is how we came into uh, knowledge of uh, The Real Gems and, and all his uh, wonderful videos on there, so we'll plug that some more, I'm sure, all throughout the episode, but be sure to check those out. But we are talking about the actual episode, Who Shot Mr. Burns, Parts 1 and Part 2, That's right. today, uh, because we want to talk about, I mean, all the stuff ar- around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the first, and I would say almost only, event that The Simpsons ever really did. In terms of their episodes, they, well, I mean, you could you could argue the Family Guy one. Yeah, um, sorry, in seasons one through ten. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, they they definitely have done since since the Golden Age because they're trying to you know grasp at relevance again. Yeah, this one feels like the as soon as this episode starts, it feels like an event. Yeah. It really does. Like, uh, like everything about this episode uh, tells it's got an eerie calm to it. At it first. does, yeah. and it it takes its time, which a lot of Simpsons episodes just don't have the luxury of. With uh, essentially a forty-four minute runtime, mm-hmm. this the these two episodes get a chance to breathe a little bit more, and uh, for that, they get a chance to, like, set up some really, really fun jokes, and maybe uh, instead of doing the whole three laugh-out-loud jokes every minute, maybe we can sprinkle in a little bit of murder mystery plot into there, which is very important. Not to say that this episode, um, both episodes aren't uh, straight up laugh out loud funny, because I truly believe that they are. Um, But there's more going on. I find the first episode is less funny than the second one. Really? Yes. Oh, I, I agree with you there. Yeah. I feel like the first episode is very... Setup. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it has to be, but uh, mm-hmm. the whole episode is basically how can we make it clear that every single person is a suspect? But it's, also, like, obviously yeah. the the sun blocking out is how you make the entire town a suspect. Yeah. But they also obviously wanted to have all the, uh, especially the family, and then a bunch of the other secondary characters be very clear possible suspects, and wouldn't be, uh, <laughs> even though what they ended up doing is kind of a uh, a cheap turnaround in a, in a sense, uh, which we'll talk about. But the idea is like, if you watched this first episode and the solution was, uh, you know, Dr. Hibbert, mm. right. You'd be like, no, that's, it's kind of <laughs> disappointing kind of, kind of lame. because he wasn't really set up in the, in the first episode as a potential suspect. They did do a really great job of setting up a lot of people. Yes. Though. Oh yeah. Like you could argue that who shot Mr. Burns part one is like 60 to 70% exposition. Just, just setting up like, this is why, this is why, this is why, this is why. Like it's very expository when I rewatched it just now. Yeah. But also 
in that same sense, like because it could have they could have done it really sloppily. It's actually really well plotted in that sense because A follows B really well. I love episode one. Yeah. It's my like of the two. It's my favorite one. Yeah. Like I like it more. Which is I think it, I think episode one, like Who Shot Mr. Burns Part One, has probably one of the weirdest tones in all of The Simpsons. Actually, yeah. when I was watching it, I was like. <laughs> This really does feel unlike any other Simpsons episode ever. Like there is a real gravitas to it that you yeah. don't see. Like there's almost like a weird seriousness to certain scenes. Like they'll end scenes sometimes like groundskeeper Willie running out of the room or Homer running out of the room or running at Mr. Burns and like where they're just screaming. And and like it is kind of funny, like him shaking <laughs> Burns or saying I'll wound that Mr. Smithers. Yep. But like he's so angry. I was like. This isn't really a joke. Like yeah. you're just ending it on a this is a very serious moment yeah. kind of feel to it. That's really true. Uh, I, I'm thinking also of like the moment when Bart's treehouse gets hit by the oil and yeah, exactly. It's like he's like crawling and yeah. like his dog is under bore and you're just like, oh, this is really sad. Yeah, it's uh, it's <laughs> shocking in a few and ways. And I actually can't remember. Is there a? There's no button to that scene there's, no there's, is there? there's there's no joke yeah well, it's just like bart, oh that's... like bart falls down at the yeah. end of it but yeah. right that's, not... that's what it is where it's just like oh he's he's passing out and marge says oh my lord injured right yeah and that's all that's the thing like they didn't they didn't attempt uh which i think is the right call they didn't attempt to like you know ah but it's all it's all in good fun mm-hmm. still it's like no like we we want as an audience to believe that these people are legitimately angry at mr burns to the point where they may be driven to commit murder there's a really good sense of like tonal balance from sh- from scene to scene because you get a really serious scene like that one where it's like that's not a joke, but then like they immediately go to the veterinarian clinic thing <laughs> where like it's just all jokes. It's like yeah. Nelson's parrot, it's like the wheel, the big cone thing. True, you know, yeah. like th- there's a really good sense of like it doesn't get too heavy for too long. Like they have really heavy moments in this, which is very unsimpsons like, but they mm-hmm. do mix it up really well. Yeah, I think, and I think that's w- that's what I mean too by it being really well plotted, where it's. Uh, it, it also has those peaks and valleys where so you don't feel like you're wa- like, uh, hey, I'm going to watch my favorite comedy cartoon show. And you're like, oh, everything's just sad now. Like it still has yeah. levity to it, but they don't treat the serious moments with levity because they know that's not uh, integral to what they want to do with setting up Mr. Burns as the uh, the the villain, right? the clear villain. Uh, sorry, before we delve too much, I just want to get this out of the way. This. So this is, of course, uh, 25th episode of season six. Oh, okay. <laughs> the finale and the first episode of season seven. Uh, so both were written by Bill Oakley and Josh uh, Weinstein. Weinstein. I nailed it. Uh, I, always, I always fuck that up. Uh, and dire- the part one is directed by Jeffrey Lynch. Part two is directed by Wes Archer. Uh, they aired May 21st, 1995 and September 17th, 1995. So... That is the uh, logistical stuff that I like to get across. <laughs> now, the um, the the talking about the tones and how the first one has an has an air of gravitas. I feel like the second one doesn't as much. No, oh, no, not not at all. Uh, like, I is, noticed it immediately. So yeah. I, watch, I watched them today actually, because which was, is a very fun thing. Yeah. to watch them back to back yes. and not have to have that months that long of yeah. a break in between. Yeah. You can just watch them back to back. I don't think I ever watch these episodes not back to back anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's rare. I think that, because, I mean, it's tricky because like I own the DVDs and so it's like I have to change the DVD to do it. Oh but, yeah, I have it on my you computer. Know what I mean? uh, I still oh, I hate will... that. I had to get up from my couch. And <laughs> right? <switch> it's <laughs> such angry. a pain in this world. Um, really hard done by. But so <laughs> the thing is that, though, often when I do finish watching season six, right? If I'm like watching the fourth of season six and I watch this episode, 
I'm like, okay, well now I got to watch part two. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's very hard to just be like, eh, that's enough. All right. And <laughs> after part two is over, you're like, well, I'm on disc one of season <laughs> yeah, seven. I might as going. well run this one out. Yeah. And then it's 3 a.m. and you <laughs> wonder what your life is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, uh, so watching it today, I just, I noticed that very distinct uh, with episode one where, like like we said, it's got gravitas, it's got legit stakes, and it just feels a little less level. The animation really helps. Like, there's lots of uh, really uh, stylistic animation that could be uh, like tied back to Cape Fear and how ambitious sure, yeah. their animation goes. Like when he's in the office and he's spray painting, and there's like all those like the that's contrast very with Hitchcockian. With, yes, with lights oh, and shadows and the shot. and the shot overhead and him running in. Um, the way the camera moves, uh, yeah. when he when he runs at him, I yeah. love that. It's yeah. it's fantastic, and it like that all adds to that sense. Yes. Most of that is gone by the second. Yeah, the second season literally opens with Speedway Squad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is one of my favorite things because you're just like, oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah. (laughs) Like like right off the bat. Um, And even, yeah, as they're like kind of delving into the the mystery and uh, Lisa becomes a little detective and that kind of thing, it's just filled with so many jokes that are obviously not required for this kind of episode. But I almost feel like they realized after the you know, the long break. They're like, we need to like, not only bring people that are looking for the answer, we also need to make sure our fan base is back in case some are like, ah, like, I don't care about a mystery. I just want to watch a fun show. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, yeah, well, I mean, we'll make it funny again. <laughs> I mean, in part two, they really had the advantage of like part one, they have to set up like how serious, like it ultimately ends in like a shooting. But in part two, like luckily they get to unravel it. So they get to revisit all these random characters like Mo. Most yep. notably, um, but but you get to like unravel. That's them, my like, favorite two. joke of both of them. By oh, the way, oh, we're gonna have a lot to say about <laughs> that. Scene. Um, but but like, yeah, like they get the advantage of now we get to unravel and really we could go anywhere we want with it. So they they really do have an advantage in their joke writing in the second half. Yeah. So there's just more room for it. Yeah, it just really is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, what exposition do you really have to do in the second part? Oh yeah, know? it's it's. All, like the ex- everything, <laughs> all the everything, all the exposition they end up doing is recap. Yeah, like yeah. there are flashbacks and stuff. Yeah. Yep. that's how much room they have in that episode. I was actually pretty surprised to see how many flashbacks from the previous episode there were this time around. I always forget how many they actually go through. Yeah, it, it does not work on a rewatch on DVD because I'm like, I just literally saw this. Yeah, like yeah. Ago. yeah. I don't need to be. I don't need to be retold it. Come on, what do you think I am, stupid? Uh, so did you guys watch this on air? Do you remember? I did not know. No. Oh, I definitely did. You did I yeah. remember this one very vividly. Did you have like that summer of, uh, discussing it with friends and that kind of thing and trying to solve it? Uh, I don't remember discussing it with friends necessarily cause it was summer break, obviously. So I saw like random people, but I don't remember if any of my friends really watched the Simpsons that closely. Mm. I, I definitely talked about it with my, uh, with my family, like my sisters and my parents, Oh yeah, but, uh, and we definitely had theories there, but, um, there wasn't really, like, I remember I watched it and then like we all came up with, with our theories and then we just kind of let it lay dormant for the <laughs> yeah, rest of the Yeah, He's just kind of like, all right, well, I think it's this and then goodbye. So uh, it was 1995 yes. when this came out. I was literally six years old. Okay. And um, <laughs> I, I, you I hadn't started watching The Simpsons yet. Oh, wow. Okay. At that yeah. point. So Yeah, I mean, I was definitely watching it. I feel like my memory of this summer was hazy at best. Uh, I would have been 10. Um, and I remember it being a thing in the summer, but kind of like you, James, I, 
I, I discussed it briefly with some people, mm. but, it, but, and then it was just like, all right, and then we'll find out. And <laughs> I just waited, you know, like I had other things to do. I had games to play and planes to catch. It was summer. Learned to walk while I was away. I don't get it. It's in the cradle. And, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't delve too deep into it. And it wasn't until probably I was much older that I found out all the kind of stuff that happened in the summer with this, like the, the radio or sorry, the call in contest, mm-hmm. uh, the Springfield's most wanted thing. Mm-hmm. Was it just 1-800 collect? No. Uh, well, I don't think so. Okay, I believe what happened was they had a contest via 1-800-COLLECT where you could call 1-800-COLLECT, and I don't know if this happened for every single person who called 1-800-COLLECT or if you had to, like, call some special part of it, but, like, there was actually a part where you'd call in and say or push a number or whatever of who you thought shot Mr. Burns. Okay. And and the winner of that contest, uh, according to the promos, (laughs) would get to be animated into a future episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, and do you... (laughs) You guys know what happened with that? Oh, boy, the uh, aftermath. So, uh, well, apparently because the way the rules were is that the winner had to be chosen by a sample of people who called in. Not everyone who called in, but just a sample. So I'm not sure how they determined that. I think it was random. So they took yeah, like... Yeah, I, th- I think they just took like a thousand or yeah, something. Yeah, like random. a thousand people. Like and a bunch. of those people that they took, none of them guessed the correct answer. And so then they just decided to do a random winner from that group and then the person who won wasn't even a fan of the show (laughs) like didn't even give a shit about the show like i don't watch it so they took a cash prize instead of being animated in the show um which like fine but it's just such a a weird that's an option i yeah i I would have taken the cash prize it's like the the animated was the gag gift and no one takes a gag gift (laughs) no one takes the gag (laughs) prize (laughs) but it just seems so weird that there would be someone who would call into this contest and I guess maybe if you didn't know what the prize was and you're just like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll call in and guess. Like, well, I'm I mean, sure they're aware of this. Can you imagine right? how many people called in to, with that logic, how many people called in to DC saying kill Jason Todd just because it was like, yeah, let's kill this kid. Okay. I don't, I've never read a comic in my life. <laughs> but we have a chance to kill a kid, oh, sure. Jeez, all right. We're going to talk about children deaths again. Yeah. <laughs> no, Greg. <laughs> Two episodes in a row. <laughs> I told you. Hey, I saw our listener bump in the last <laughs> That one. wasn't because of chi- children. It's not not because of it. I think it is. Um, <laughs> I just think it's weird that, uh, like, to me, if I was old enough and, like, really invested in this contest yeah. and I found out that was the result, I would have been so angry. Because I would have really wanted to be animated in a show. Incensed? In my favorite show. Hmm? Incensed, maybe? Sure. <laughs> Stop it. No, yeah, that's... that. Um, that sucks. People are trolls. <laughs> and like they've been trolls obviously. Well, since, you, know, you know what's funny is every uh, time every time I read about this contest because I've yeah. read it a bunch of times and every time I I forget do you read the it, results. Do, do, yeah, do you read it again because you forget or do you read it again hoping it will change? I don't hope it will change. Okay. I le- legitimately forget what happened with the contest. And then I read and I'm like, "Oh, someone got to be And then I as soon as I read, "Oh, the prize was you got to be anime in the show." I'm like, "Oh, what like when could it have been?" And I try to think like in season 7 maybe, like when was there maybe a character that was not one of the main cast that was animated? And then I keep reading, I'm like, "Oh, it never happened." Fine. Yeah. You know who I what cool. I immediately went to what? was um Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie. Was like maybe they got animated into oh, that one because there's so many right, like right. Uh, very distinct characters in that one, yep. like character models, and like they're all obviously the Simpsons writing staff and <laughs> animation staff. Yeah, but 
you know, maybe yeah. one of them snuck in there. Could be. Um, yeah. And then you told me the results, and it's just like, well, well that figures people are the worst, down. and they make things worse. Well, that was oh, fun. Well. <laughs> but apparently it was here, here, also here. one of the first uh, radio, and, or not radio, I keep saying radio, uh, uh, phone call and internet tie-in Oh, contest. it was both. Yeah. Because this was still early, you know, World Wide Web, as it were. Mm, yes. Yeah. And they had, like, I think they got, like, Simpsons.com or something was, like, the website they got. Really? Just for this at the time. I'm sure now they own it's it. Good whatever, thing they snapped that yeah, up. Right? <laughs> but, yeah, so you could, like, go on the website and, uh, I think, cast a vote there as well. But Do either of you remember what the old forum is forum's called? What's it called? Like the, I think there was that uh, like alt.tv.simpsons. That's like I one. never oh, posted yeah. on it, but that's the one I always heard about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the the fame, the infamous one, as it were. Definitely, yeah. Y- yeah, have you guys heard the story? I think Josh Weinstein or Bill Oakley talked about it in the commentary where they said that after they after the airing of the episode, there was one person online, like on alt.tv.simpsons, who literally laid out that Maggie had done it and literally laid out all the clues why. And neither Oakley nor Weinstein could could contact him out of, you know, the rules of the contest and everything. Mm-hmm. And they tried to track him down way later, but just could never reach him. And it was just kind of lost the time. This random person who just had everything. They nailed it. Yeah, just everything. You said it was just spotless. Like they had the three o'clocks, the du- yeah. the MS thing, the Maggie staring at the camera thing. They had everything. Mr. Burns, the like uh, stealing candy from a baby hint. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, actually, actually, I was going to ask you guys: Do you think that the Simpsons or that the Simpsons could do "Who Shot Mr. Burns" in this format in today's internet environment? Do you think that Maggie would be figured out immediately before like airing this? Because it really does feel like something that <laughs> yeah. you could only do in 1995. No, definitely. And actually, like I thought of that too because there, you look at some shows that are airing uh, either now or like in the last little while. Uh, I'm thinking specifically Lost. And Westworld, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like that have like deep mysteries within the narratives, and people figure that shit out so quickly. <laughs> yeah, uh, because yeah, because just like information being shared so much that you know, like in this in this example of this guy figuring out the Maggie thing, uh, if they had posted that on Reddit, you know, oh, yeah. everyone would know. Everyone would be like, oh, that makes total sense. You got it. Like, I think this is it. If it isn't this, I'm going to be mad. You know, that kind of thing. And it actually all it would to- all it would take is one BuzzFeed article, <laughs> yeah, and that's then right. like, everyone would know about it. Like, they would latch onto it, and then like by the time it's revealed in September, like everybody like, yeah, of course, we know. Yeah. And that actually ties into like something I've always thought about in terms of certain narratives that I wonder if, due to the fact that people figure it out before they want them to, if they change the narrative because of that. Um, This is something I always wondered about Harry Potter. Uh, I don't know how big you guys are into Harry Potter at all. What specifically? Well, so the idea is... The Snape thing? No. No. uh, The idea is that uh, Harry... Because, okay, so throughout the the narrative, there's always the idea that both Harry and Neville Mm -hmm. could be, quote-unquote, the chosen one based on this prophecy. Mm -hmm. And the kind of theory that came about before the final book was published was that Neville actually is the chosen one, but Dumbledore knows this, which is why he kind of pushes everyone to think Harry, like Harry is the chosen one so that Voldemort's going after him and is leaving Neville alone. Um, Which I think is a very, very interesting uh, narrative choice that if JK Rowling was intending that, I feel like she changed it because everyone figured it out, and then she felt the impact wouldn't be as uh, 
as interesting. So she's like, well, fuck you guys. It's just Harry then. But Mm. I don't know if that's true. I also wonder if the popularity of Harry Potter, you know, meant that she couldn't do that because it would feel too much like a, you know, uh, a front to the fan base as it it were. It kind of, yeah, I heard that theory as well. And then like, and in a way it's like, I kind of agree with you. It's like, it it kind of would have been. A little bit of an affront to the fan base because we have I'm four. We, yeah, <laughs> we haven't been. I love Luke Skywalker in Last Jedi. Go on. <laughs> oh no, let's not start on this. <laughs> down, down, down. We go. Um, Did you guys hear that Kathleen Kennedy is ruining Star Wars? Because oh, I heard. It. Oh, what? I. You know, I think I read that somewhere. I think that I've heard that every day for the last five months you know i think my, i think my youtube page has just like shoved that down my throat in the recommended videos column <laughs> anyway <laughs> i like how i said let's not go down this train yeah. and then i started <laughs> don't poke the bear <laughs> just um, such a piss off now um i'm just saying i like that's stuff i enjoy no, i of like when creators take liberties with uh, especially like traditional narratives and that kind of thing, even if quote unquote it does seem like an affront to a, f- a fan base, yeah. you don't owe the fan base anything. I would have you liked... owe them a good story, and yeah. you can make a good story out of something that isn't predictable and rote. So, if it was, if if it was supposed to be Neville, and like Neville is the one who does it at the very end of the book, yeah. uh, like let's say it's the seventh book, yeah, and it's the way it's written mm-hmm. up until that point, yes, then that's bad, really, yeah. If it's if it's the seventh book and it's the way it's written up until a certain point, okay. but then we get a lot of information about Dumbledore mm-hmm. and his entire perspective on it, then I'm okay with it because you need well, yeah, you, you need, need a, you need an explanation. You need an explanation, right? If it's done without one, then fuck you. Um, if if literally the final book is exactly as it is, except for. At the very end, it's like, and then Neville shot Dumb or Dumbledore. Then Neville, Neville literally Neville sh- shot shoots Voldemort, shoots Voldemort and he dies, with and a, everyone cheers. With a gun, and of course that's like, bad. And everyone's like, <laughs> but "Oh, I think, I why think didn't we just use go, a gun before?" <laughs> I think you can go right up to the point where Neville kills Nagini, and just kind of like rejigger that whole ending, that whole climax, into something much more interesting, where revelations happen like that. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, like, Harry, you were never the one all along, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm not a writer. I'm just saying I, I was I, I was very intrigued by that idea because I think it's a very interesting uh, take on the whole Chosen One narrative that I more or less hate. James? <laughs> yes. What do you feel about Harry Potter? Will you sign our change.org petition? <laughs> To I absolutely will, even though I've only seen like the Deathly Hollows from the canon <laughs> and rewrite it with Alan at the helm. Yes, remake the Deathly Hollows. It'll be my Twitter. <laughs> I have got uh, producers lined up. You are literally talking to someone who's only seen like two of the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, so sorry I will sign whatever you whatever you say about Harry Potter. Spoilers for uh, Harry Potter, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did kind of spoil the whole end, of it, but, <laughs> but I assume that Harry killed the whole person. <laughs> You did. Spoiler, Harry kills Voldemort. <laughs> yeah. Never saw I mean, that coming. If I really cared, I would have seen it by now anyway. Yeah. So. It's yeah, it's it's in the it's in the zeitgeist. Mm. Um anyway, but to bring it back to the Simpsons, yes, please. uh I do think that if this was and I mean we can discuss how much they had planned for this. Like if if it truly was Maggie all the time. Uh they say it was, right? 
I feel sure, I'm pretty I sure f- there's never been any like you know um like maybe it wasn't. I they, feel they like they shot it was. the alternate alternate ending with Smithers, yeah. and then they shot all those or shot you know animated all those uh, just shots of people shooting Mr. Burns yeah. as like a way to throw off uh, potential leaks and stuff, which is a common thing now. I mean, Lost did that too with the coffin in season six. I don't remember if, know if you know that at all. I don't care. It yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm the only one who cares about Lost anymore. Um, <laughs> but join him for his podcast where he just talks into the void. I just yeah, I just talk to myself and then listen. <laughs> you, to you guys tricked me into coming onto a Harry Potter and Lost <laughs> podcast. That's right. <laughs> Two things you know very much about. Ha ha! Gotcha, Jay. <laughs> this is hey. gotcha podcasting. But yeah, if they if they had this planned all along. And, you know, they, so they put all those clues in and stuff, and then someone discovered it. Uh, it would be public knowledge, as he said, before the, the thing aired. And then it would be kind of a disappointment. Uh, I, I mean, it's an, it's an animated show as well, so yeah. their hands were really tied. Like, I mean, <laughs> what can you really do to part two once it's locked in? That's right. Um, and, like, did you, did you watch Westworld, James? Uh, West, like the uh, the the show. movie or the re- no, I have I don't have cable. Okay. Man, I'm really revealing everything that I <laughs> watch. <laughs> That's okay. No, I'm just I just watch too many things. That's my problem, honestly. Um, because then no one else gives a shit about you know. I just watched K19, The Widowmaker yesterday, for example. And why like, wouldn't you? Who it's am a great I gonna, movie. Who am I going to talk to that? Really? Stop it. It's great. <laughs> it is a terrible movie. Harrison Ford's it amazing. Is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> that is two and a half hours long and is directed by a brilliant director. And it is a, supposed to be a summer blockbuster. Yeah, it's and great. they're just in a submarine doing tests all the time. It's awesome. That's so bad. Anyway, um, <laughs> this is fun. Submarines. What? <laughs> Give me Crimson Tide, all right? That's a good submarine movie. All right, fair. But where was I? Westworld. Uh, just real quick, because this I think this does tie into it. Um, and spoilers for Westworld season one. There's a kind of two parallel timelines in that show. Uh, one showing Jimmy... Uh, Simpson. Simpson, thank you. That's the tie-in. There you go, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Simpson, the actor, uh, playing this young kid who's like come to Westworld for the first time to see what it's like and stuff. And then in another timeline, it's Ed Harris playing this evil man in black uh, who's like just going around shooting people and doesn't care and, uh, you know, doesn't give a shit about the park. Uh, In the structure of season one, it's not clear these are two separate timelines, but by the finale, it, you know, makes that clear. And it's supposed to be this big reveal that Jimmy Simpson is Ed Harris at a much later date. I think within like the first two or three episodes, someone on Reddit was like, I'm pretty sure Jimmy is the man in black and here's why. And then as soon as I read that, I'm like, yeah, that's what makes sense. And that's the truth. And now I know it. And then, so when the reveal happened in the finale, I'm just like, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I was so disappointed and the it wasn't their fault. It. it was the internet. Yeah. Cause like if I hadn't read that stuff, it probably would have been a big reveal for me. And I would be like, Oh shit, no way. Like that, oh, that changes everything I know about the, the show. And uh, apparently yeah. in season two they do like seven different timelines to try and like up the ante. But I haven't really watched season all of two it. is kind of a pile of garbage. Yeah. Anyway, but that, but that's that's what's interesting is that yeah the 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 mystery for this episode worked like you said <laughs> ten minutes ago or however long I've been ranting uh, because it was in 1995 and it wasn't as easy for people to share their knowledge and their information like to the point where that person who solved it they couldn't even find them. <laughs> So that's, yeah, privacy. Yeah, I mean, the internet was completely anonymous, just random people everywhere. Like, there was no structure. Well, there was some structure, but, like, what are you really going to do about it? 
yeah. at that point. So, <laughs> um, I mean, it really did create this thing as an event. Like they had a whole special Springfield Most Wanted that aired right before the solution. You know, like we really did have a whole summer. Like, I mean, this is nothing new. Like the whole thing is based off of a Dallas episode who shot yeah. Jr., yep. um, which was like I think that was a season finale premiere thing too, mm-hmm. if I yeah. recall. Mm-hmm. So that- like really before the internet, shows could just do this. You know, totally. Yeah, because it would. I mean, in that time as well, you didn't have the internet to create buzz or create, uh, you know, as much marketing as essentially doing an event like this would. Because I would say, I actually forgot to check the ratings, but the ratings for Who Shot Mr. Burns Part 2, I'm pretty sure, are pretty high up there. Like one of the most yeah. watched Simpsons episodes of all time. Well, you keep talking. <laughs> okay, you'll check. Um, but yeah, stuff like uh, Who Shot JR, that, because when was Dallas? Was that in the 70s? I think so I think it might have been the eighties. It could 80s, be the seventies. Yeah. I'm I'm not positive there. Yeah, no, I think it's an eighties. I think like I've gone to eighties trivia's and they talk about Dallas. So I think it's in the eighties. That's how I that's how I know things now is by trivia nights. Um, but yeah, and that was a that was a huge thing to the point where I've never seen an episode of Dallas and I know all about who shot Jr. Uh, Jr. Ewing is his full name. That's correct. Um, and actually, I can't remember who ends up shooting him because I didn't really care, but. I remember that being a obviously a big big deal. Who shot Jr.? Um, I actually first heard about it in the movie The Wedding Singer. So that's an '80s set mm. show. So there you go, Adam Sandler classic. That's right. I think that's Adam Sandler's best comedy. Actually, I would. Uh, you know what? I, well, I mean, of his straight comedies, I don't count yeah. Punch Drunk Love. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Which The Wedding Singer? Yeah. Oh yeah. That I, one's I, actually, it's definitely one of my favorites of his. That one's actually like said, kind that of isn't, sweet. That isn't like yeah. actually someone else's movie. It's yeah. like. That's an Adam Sandler movie yeah. that he actually is very good in. Yeah. I I actually still like that one. I do, too. I just bought it the other day. Maybe actually, that like, and Happy Gilmore. Like a couple months ago, because I'm like, I want to own this movie. Other ones are just terrible. Yeah. Part one finished you know, like 51st with a Nielsen rating of 8.7. Part two averaged 12.3 million households and a 12.9 wow. Nielsen rating. Yep. And it finished 16th in the United States in the ratings. Wow, what beat it? <laughs> uh, finishing first in its time slot and I'm was fine. the highest rated show on the Fox network that Frasier. week. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you were giving me a hint to what beat it. No, no, no. It was oh, okay. no. That, it was it, number one on Fox. It was number one on Fox. Yeah, yeah. yeah number one in its time slot. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, it was a big deal. Um, did you guys watch the Springfield's Most Wanted? I've actually never watched no, it. I was going to try and watch it today, and then I ran out of time. No. But uh, I read all about it, and I'm I, very interested by what... It's got John Walsh in it. Yeah, and people apparently were like angry that he kind of tarnished his image with this. He's a TV host. I well, mean, he did totally He did totally <laughs> shill like crazy the entire time. I right, watched it right. in, in preparation for this podcast again. Okay. Tell us about it, James. Uh, well... I mean, it's basically like a parody of America's Most Wanted. I think it is actually worth watching because, like, I have to say, when I watched it, I actually got kind of excited at the beginning because it opens with this really awesome just, like, it's like a montage of clips of just action from The Simpsons. It's like cop things, justice things, things <laughs> with Snake, intriguing things, people being arrested, people running around, Bart's holding a gun in separate vocations. <laughs> right. Like, it was actually kind of hype. When I watched it, I was like, wow, I'm really, really excited for this special. And then it's just it's just basically like America's most wanted whole thing yeah. uh, where they talk to like 
They talk to like a retired LA like detective person. They talk to like a bookmaker in Vegas. They talk to a psychologist. And they're basically just going over the episode, like all the different suspects, why they could have done it. They show it's kind of like a clip show too, because they mm. show clips from other episodes, not who shot Mr. Burns. Like they even like have Martin Prince as a suspect in this special who oh. wasn't even in this episode. I was gonna say I don't think he's even he even appears. <laughs> no, ex- exactly. So although I guess he could have used that money with the oil. But um, yeah, that's true. Uh, one of the funniest things, uh, I guess I'll just run with this since uh, <laughs> since I just watched it. One yeah. of the funniest things is that they go to Vegas and they show like bookmakers where they where they're supposedly taking oh. bets on who shot Mr. Burns. And they have a giant board with all the odds. Yep. And, and just for research, I wrote down some of them for oh, you. Great. Guys. Yeah, yeah. Because they are quite ridiculous. I think and, it, like I remember reading, I think Homer was the, the favorite and Maggie was the long shot, right? Yeah, well, she wasn't the total long shot, okay. but Homer was at the top at two to one. Yeah. Then Smithers was second at five to two, and then Krusty the Clown, <laughs> Krusty was third at three to one. But he was out of which, town. That's so yeah, funny. That's so funny to me. <laughs> and that, so, like the whole thing, like I actually did research before this podcast to figure out: Did the Mirage Casino actually take bets on who shot Mr. Burns? Oh. Because I. I cannot believe it. Like the whole special is really phony and like, it's really silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in my opinion, when I watch it, I was like, there's no way any of this is real, but I could not seem to get any confirmation that they were or they weren't. I'm assuming they never did because the whole thing's ridiculous. Yeah. Although like, I know they, they had Hans Molman at seven. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a, well, I think I would have liked that better than a Maggie reveal, but because uh, then they could execute him. Did, uh, <laughs> from this point on, no talking. Oh, for the record, for the rest of the Simpsons family, we have Bart at four to one, yeah. Lisa at seventy to one, and Maggie also at seventy to one. Marge wasn't yeah. even on the board. Oh wow, yeah. So that, that's how they rank the Simpsons members, mm. I guess. So, I know that nowadays uh, there is bets for certain pop culture stuff like that at casinos. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Game of Thrones was a big one, I think. Huge Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it is possible. I just, you know, 95, I'm not sure what the climate was like in that kind of thing, but I, it wouldn't surprise me, I guess, one way or the other, if they actually took bets. Um, but I also feel like... bet on they, anything in Vegas. Did, yeah, but I also feel like if they did, there would have been at least one person, I imagine, who may have bet on Maggie and won a bunch of money and we would have mm. heard about it, you know? Mm-hmm. But eh, who knows? If you did that... <laughs> right in e- email us <laughs> we want to hear about all those who wants to be who, who shot mr burns and millionaires that's exactly right, right. <laughs> uh because the clues were all there apparently um <laughs> just a couple of things that are that's that's really funny about this about this episode is uh just like not in the um in the in the traditional sense of like oh here's a joke um <laughs> but when they're dedicating like it's just one of those things where it's like hey look at that uh-huh. who look who's there um, when they're, when they're, they're pumping the well at the school, um, uh-huh. and Lisa like cuts the, and like pushes the thing and like, you notice who's up there like no. with, with, with Skinner, it's uh, Skinner, superintendent Chalmers and Leopold on one side nice. and Krabappel and Dondelinger. Dondelinger? <laughs> yeah. What's what? he doing there? It's Dondelinger. <laughs> what? That's the high so school weird. isn't even getting the oil. They exactly. They have an air hockey table, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Maybe he's hoping to get in on it. But it's Dondelinger. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. I, I did not notice Dondelinger. Do you guys know did you guys notice in that scene? Like I think somebody else pointed it out to me, or I might have heard it somewhere else, but how Lisa like messes up in that scene where like Principal Skinner introduces her and then holds out the microphone uh-huh. for her. Yeah. And then she just throws the switch. Yeah, she's almost supposed like, to say something. She like poof. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice that. It's the weirdest really thing. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> She's an eight-year-old, of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah, that's that's uh, that's actually kind of a nice little little uh, character note. Yeah. Um, so clearly, I think the MVP of episode one is Harry Shearer. Yeah. Like oh, for I sure. mean Burns and Skinner Bur- Burns and- Burns Skinner and Smithers Smithers. Yeah. Uh, there's the scene where he says, um, "You have one more appointment. Strange. I don't have a secretary or an intercom." <laughs> Send him in anyway. <laughs> That's right. And it's it's just him as those three different people <laughs> for like a good two minutes of the runtime. It's just Harry Shearer talking scene. to himself. Yeah. And he's dressed like Jimbo. Yeah, he, <laughs> oh, I would yeah. think it would be quite corking if you signed over your oil <laughs> to the local energy concern. Uh, <laughs> I have a monopoly. Your monopoly is pathetic, sir. <laughs> yeah, I do think it's interesting that Burns does try. Uh, to get them to officially sign it over to him yes. first. He isn't, his first thought isn't steal. Yes. Right? It's, it's, it's definitely kind of, it's, in the it's back it's of just his like, mind. It's just like when with the, the puppies, when at first he's just like, yeah, I'm going to come and take some puppies. And they're like, no. And he's like, all right, I'll just take them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same idea. He's like, yeah. he's going to try to legitimately yeah. do things at first. Oh, heavens no. They're your puppies. Yeah. You may do, do with it, them what you wish. There you go. And you. And you. Um, and it's the same thing. Also, this, this episode uh, predicted there will be blood. So, oh yeah, oh. with drinking his milkshake. Yeah. yeah, another Paul Thomas Anderson drop for this that's podcast. Right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's all. I don't know. <laughs> no, I was like... actually I was listening to your podcast a while back about the Marge uh, becoming a cop, yeah. and you compared it to Magnolia, and I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I would have never made that connection. And then when you said that there will be blood just now, I was like, Oh, I'm a big Paul Thomas Anderson fan. Yeah, we just got to get him on the show now. At this well, point. yeah, oh, I mean, man. I've been writing him every day. Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, his movies are great. Um, that's an understatement of the century. <laughs> like, unfortunately, take. I've only seen Inherent Vice once. I do need to give it another watch. I think you do. Um, The Master never sat well with me. Uh, that's when I I need to take another shot. At yeah, it. I need to take another shot at that one too. Um, I'm just yeah. Anyway, that's our Paul talk. Well, and you uh, saw you saw Phantom Thread, right? Sure did. Oh, Who so we loved it. That was one of the best films of the year. Uh, yeah, yeah, actually, um, you know, my second favorite. Yeah, what was your first? Shape of Water. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, right behind Logan for me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> That's something you would like. What was that supposed to be? <laughs> no, I liked it too. It's, it's just an obvious Greg pick. <laughs> I was trying to go for that. Yeah. <laughs> and Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, there you uh, go. Oh, shit. All right, Greg's dropping things. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you guys, what did you guys think of uh, Burns's slant drilling operation? Did you guys actually, because when I was younger, I actually wondered like how slant drilling actually works. Like I was like, aren't you just going to like shoot it everywhere constantly until like somebody <laughs> had to explain to me that they don't actually shoot out of the top like that constantly. Right. I mean, I still don't really know how oil works, so... Yeah, me neither. They do a pretty great <laughs> job of trying to explain it in this one, though. They show a big pool and a uh-huh. straw 
in yeah. the pool. That's what I mean, the milkshake. Yeah. yeah, underneath, and it's just like, yum, 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 I drink your milkshake. <laughs> and that's it. That's how yeah. oil works. It's mine now, and uh, yeah. and yeah, it shoots out of the top and hurts people. But um, if I am, tell it's me. sexual, don't if you think, Smithers? I'm going <laughs> to, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's another joke I also did not get when I was. Little. Oh yeah, that's 100%. a that's a great little bit of character development for Smithers. Yeah, with him, I think that's the like his arc. Obviously, in this episode, is yeah. becoming more and more disillusioned at uh, Burns, and I think that's a great moment where it really captures that because I, as a you know, as a watcher, am just like, yeah, he's like he's like upset with Burns, but he's still like he's still with him like mm-hmm. to the end kind of thing, and then like that moment is when I'm like, oh shit, like something's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Because normally he would be all over that. Oh, yeah. It's probably Smithers' best episode, to be quite honest. Like, you see the Mm -hmm. scene afterwards where he's in his office when he's uh, presenting the sundial scene. And, like, he goes through the long thing about how, like, you know, owls and the incessant hooting and the town (laughs) sundial will be worthless, you know. I love that. Um, And that's a great bit of foreshadowing, actually. Oh, that's such good writing. Yeah, Yeah, but but I think it's actually, like, Smithers' is. Like in a weird, he's like, he's not an actor, but in, it's kind of his best performance in mm-hmm. some ways. Like yeah. there is that there. And I also love like even the the first moment he kind of takes issue with Burns is uh, when he's planning to take the oil from the school, and he's like he's yeah. like no, like this isn't a, a rival company, it's a school. Yeah, people won't stand for it, and it's almost like like he's saying I'm not going to stand for it, but of course he's not going to say that to Mr. Burns. He even like what he opens with like this goes against every single. Uh, sycophantic, sycophantic bone in my body yeah. uh, which is obviously very telling of him as well but yeah. it's like he's basically saying like I don't like that you're doing this but he disguises it by saying people won't stand for it yeah. and I think that's very interesting because he's he's trying to reason with Burns without really giving away his hand um, and then you know as it goes on it gets uh, worse and worse and then he gets fired he's vanquished all of his enemies the School, old folks home, the old school. folks home, the local tavern. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Not well. My greatest enemy is still ever since the dawn of time. Mankind has yearned to destroy, destroy the, the sun. sun. <laughs> oh, so oh man, that's um, that's not my favorite joke, but it might be the best line. <laughs> that's a great. It's just line. it's yeah. pure insanity. Yes. <laughs> because wh- what are you talking about? <laughs> You're insane, old man. Yeah, like he really is. He he I is don't, truly. I don't even. I don't even understand how the scheme is even going to work. Because like no, the thing work. has to. Like the sun moves. Like well, we move around <laughs> yeah. the sun. I'm the sorry. The device just like has. Yeah. This, like moves is, around. Is it like going to just yeah. go all the way across the town? <laughs> and, like. I, I think that was the idea, to, yeah. yeah. Like but it, w- it would need, I mean, obviously we don't want to delve too much in the science of this episode, but it would need to be much, much larger much than bigger, that. yeah. Like, like the size of the sun yeah. to, <laughs> to do that. Because uh, like even when a, a, an eclipse happens, it's still bright out. What kind of eclipse? Like a uh, solar eclipse. Like the one in Heroes? <sighs> sure. <laughs> He's dredging up terrible old TV shows that were big deals at the time. No, it was terrible. I hated that. It's show. like you guys are permanently stuck in 2009. I know, right? Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> was Heroes? It must have been around because it was. Nobody cares. Trying, I'm sorry for bringing it, it up. Tra- no, I'm talking about this. Oh, it was God trying it. to be uh, the next Lost, like many shows were, mm, mm-hmm. and Lost ended in 2010. 
So yeah, probably between 2008, 2010 is when a lot of those shows started cropping up. So what you're saying is uh, James is right. Person of interest. We are stuck in 2009. I don't. Had Ben Linus in it. Didn't. Michael Emerson rather. Didn't Jonathan Nolan create that? I think so. And John, Jim Caviezel. Wow. It lasted like 10 seasons, I think. Wow. <laughs> like it, I remember finding out like recently, it's like, oh, a person of interest is having its series finale. I'm like, what? <laughs> that was on? I it was on CBS I though, right? one episode and I was like, this is stupid. Anyway, it was on CBS. I don't remember. They'll, they'll keep shows around for forever. All right. <laughs> as long as it's somewhat profitable. There's thousands of episodes of CSI. <laughs> That's, yeah, but that, those are big hits. Though. And like even more. CSI of, was the number one TV show for years. There's like thousands of episodes of NCIS. Yeah, people like that shit. Special Victims Unit. Like all those like procedural shows, they're very popular. Yeah. Especially in Nielsen. Yeah. Which is all they care about apparently. Okay. Is, is, why does that still happen? James, you're an American. Why does that still happen? <laughs> oh no, this is the special part of the podcast where we blame the American. <laughs> Explain which we yourself. kind of deserve at this point. <laughs> I don't know. I just I, don't. I, I, it seems so archaic to me now. Well, I mean, like, they can't just put a box in every single house, so I guess they got to do it some way. But yeah, you'd think they would have some you kind think they'd of have some metric of streaming, though, because I feel like that's way more common now. I feel like streaming is probably like a, the approximation, right? Because I know they yeah. add them on now or whatever. So I don't know. I just remember when Brooklyn Nine Nine was canceled, and there was a huge uproar for a day. Well, yeah. It's canceled for a day. But that's what I mean. Yeah. Because, like, the, uh, who was it picked it up? Fox? NBC. NBC, right. Fox is the one that canceled it. Yeah. Um, they they saw, they're like, no, we see that there's a fan base for this. We're going to we're gonna take it. <laughs> you know, like, and I feel like certain networks, I guess Fox specifically, doesn't seem to understand that still. Mm. Does that surprise you? No. But, uh, like, is it still the same president or whatever who canceled Freaks and Geeks in 99? Like, come on. Get with the times, everybody. I have no idea. I just watched watched a Freaks and Geeks documentary. That's why I thought about that. Mm. Anyway. Okay. Uh, <laughs> TV shows. They're great. Simpsons is a TV show. Nailed it. <laughs> How do you guys feel about the... Um, back to who shot Mr. Burns, I guess. Yes, please. <laughs> I'm looking at if my notes must. here. What do you guys think about the uh, the town hall scene where everyone's stroking their guns? Oh, man. Uh, that's so funny to me. Uh, I laugh out loud every time. Like, uh, when the, guy, the bodyguard comes up, he's like... Several people are stroking guns. Like it has been can, brought to my attention it. that a number yeah. of you are stroking guns, so I they, will yield the floor. They do that joke sometimes in the show where someone whispers something, and then it's you know what has been whispered has been is spoken out loud. Yeah. Uh, but and they, so they don't need to have it audible what is being whispered, but when it is, it makes it so much funnier to me. Yeah. Several people are stroking guns. The um, <laughs> that that's that scene is uh is an. It's an excellent way to show where everyone is at the point at, at the point that they need to be, right? Like it's it, it's it's the classic Springfield town hall meeting that usually either devolves into a cheer or a riot or a song or a song. Now this one happens Monterey. to not devolve into any of those things and becomes exceedingly haunting after oh, yeah. murder. Yes. Uh, where like, there's a moment where like the moment right after like Krusty gets back and he's like, I've been in Reno for six months. What are you looking at on my floor? On your floor. <laughs> what are you looking at? No, I was looking at your computer. Oh, okay. What time you're at. Okay. Just relax. Right. Okay. <laughs> you point out everything I do. Um, so as soon as Krusty gets back, 
it it transitions to this moment where there's like no score in the soundtrack and everyone's saying that's odd where is everyone and it's really <laughs> which is actually really funny too yeah it's so, really funny that's odd. but it's also Skinner left his mother here. It's haunting. It's it, like the yeah. like the way that and it's... he has like the wind and yeah, yeah. The, the wind and the way the animation is drawn and the way it's shot and the way it, uh, it it presents itself. It's like something's happening. It is quite literally the calm before the storm. And the, I, the atmosphere of this section is just amazing. Like the foley is great. You can hear echoes as he's walking and stuff. Like it's so ridiculously quiet. Yeah. Um. There's just yeah. That, there's that word again. Gravitas to the whole situation where it's like. This is a comedy. This is The Simpsons, yeah. you know? Um, but, like, I love how strange it is where they're just like, we're going to take this moment. Like, they're going to still do the jokes, like you mentioned with Principal Skinner and his mom. <laughs> but, like, they're going to take the moment kind of seriously and, like, set this up. Like, like I, I got to tell you, every single time Mr. Burns, uh, like, puts out his three fingers and says, have you ever seen the sun come down at 3 p.m.? Like, every single time I get goosebumps because it is, mm-hmm. like, such an amazing reading by Harry Shearer. They just go for it. He's such a villain. It's so oh, it's great. So good. It's so great. But also, like, I, I wonder how much at this time, in 95, how much people knew what was coming. I'm actually legit curious because I'm sure it was marketed as who shot Mr. Burns, right? Yeah. I think, I think people saw it coming. Yeah. I'm just wondering, like, if I had just, like... It, if I had no idea, because this is also long before episode titles were really a thing for the most part, mm-hmm. um, to the point where, you know, Friends makes it a joke with their episode titles, you know? The one with the jam, the yeah, one yeah. with the, the embryos. Uh, whereas now, like, everyone knows, like, episode titles before they're out. Like, Game of Thrones releases their episode titles, and everyone's like, oh, what's this one going to be about? Um, so, like, obviously having the episode called Who Shot Mr. Burns, if that was in today's age, everyone would be like, oh, shit, Mr. Burns is getting shot. But, like, even with the marketing and stuff, if I was a child watching this for the first time and I didn't know what the episode was called and I didn't know what was coming, uh, yeah, the, like, I, I could be legitimately, like, uh, su- su- suspenseful. <laughs> What's the word if I'm in suspense? In suspense, sure. That, that's it. Sure. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I thought maybe there was another adjective. Um, but because I would be like, well, like what's going to happen? Like, it's very set up in the episode, arguably, because people are stroking guns. And, uh, you know, he sa- has the, the also the line that I think is very good uh, in Harry Shearer's performance of like, who, who among you has the guts to stop me? Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so then you're like thinking like, yeah, who like who's who does have the guts? And then, you know, the whole scene plays out and you're like, oh, shit, someone did it. Yep. What's going to happen? Yeah. And what's amazing, like, like we'll talk about the solution and clues and stuff, but like they do that pan across everyone staring at him and they all look away from him except for Maggie, who stares at him the entire time. She's <laughs> the only one. And I think in my head, like once again, going back to the Internet thing, the Internet would have totally caught that. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's kind of a like, brazen clue if you're looking for it. Yeah. They'd be picking that apart with a fine tooth comb and. Like, ah, oh, you'll notice that everyone looks away except for Maggie. They would have it on DVR yeah, and, like, rewind it or, like, just download it and sure, yeah. rewind it and play it again and still frame shot by <laughs> shot. 
I, I really like the intrigue they have here by doing the whole thing where we where he walks around the corner of the building and all we see is a shadow and a voice. Yes. Where he's like, "Oh, it's you. What are you so happy about?" That is. Yeah. And um, and it, it always reminded me of how they do it in uh, the brother who knew too much, where Bart's watching the waiter get knocked around, yeah, where we yeah. just watch Bart the whole time. Um, but it really does set up the intrigue of because I remember thinking after the episode aired, like. Who was Mr. Burns talking to? Who was he struggling with? Because he's clearly struggling with someone Mm -hmm. and he's clearly friendly with that person. Like you're just picturing your head. Like what is the image behind the corner? Or at least, yeah, he like he says, oh, it's you. What are you so happy about? I love. uh, Yeah, I don't know. It's it's very it's very smart. (laughs) And it also leaves you like that's also another clue that it's Maggie. Yeah. They don't respond. True. Yeah. Right. It's true. Which like when you're watching the episode, you kind of think. Um, I mean, for me anyway, I think, okay, they're not responding because they're angry and they're about to shoot him. And he says, yeah. you know, what are you so happy about? And they show them the gun. Yeah. And that's, that's when he's I like, thought. oh, I see. Well, you, I think you better drop it. Like it's, it's so well, yeah. uh, well scripted in that sense, you know, yeah. that little moment. Um, but yeah. And then, <laughs> of course we end the episode with probably my favorite joke in this episode, which is Dr. Hibbert. Uh, saying, I couldn't possibly solve this mystery. Can you? <laughs> and he's pointing to Chief Wiggum. I th- oh, man, that's still one of m- like my top funniest moments. Uh, like, Give it a try. Meta, you know, stupid little commentaries that I just really like. Because I feel like I've seen that before. And like now I don't know if I truly have. <laughs> like, if that's mm. just me remembering this and thinking that's a common thing in mysteries. But the idea of, like, can you? And, like, pointing to the camera, I'm like... Yeah, people do do that in mysteries all the time. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. So that's your favorite joke in this episode. Yeah, in this in in the part one. Uh, James, do you have a do you have a favorite joke in uh, in part one? Uh, ooh, uh, wasn't expecting you guys to go to me first right away. Uh, <laughs> oh, I could go if you want. If oh, you well, wanna, I'm, I'm going to give you the quirky answer. All right. One of my favorite underrated jokes was the whole thing with with them in the elevator with uh, Homer and Mr. Burns, where he says hello to Carl, Lenny, and Homer has the hello, my name is Homer oh. Simpson. And he says hello to that so Guillermo sad. guy. And that <laughs> Guillermo guy is like, Mr. Burns thought my name, my son Rolando was Ronando. Like, he would, they got his son. <laughs> like, it's such a weird joke. And I get every yeah. single time it gets me. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually, yeah, I forgot about that one. That's a, that's a great joke. Um, Poor Homer. He's so sad <laughs> in this episode. My mine would would have to be the um, look, kids. He sent me a card. And, oh, and then and they're like oh, his, the his pupils dilating. Yeah, his pupils so dilating is his eyes narrowing is so fucking funny. And then he's like, kids, That's can you go outside? Yeah, I've ever heard. Yeah. yeah, and then he just screams, "Fuck!" It's great. I'm pretty sure as a kid, I I was like, it, it seemed like a mystery to me. Like, oh, what, what yeah. did he say? And then when I got old, I'm like, oh, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> which which one would it be? Um, I also just, two two other like honorable mentions in this in the part one is uh, when Smithers comes at Skinner with the stapler. Oh, Take yeah. Take that. Please, and that. Please, please don't, don't waste those. those. <laughs> I find that very funny. Yeah. It's such uh, a weird line, though. They, they literally <laughs> closed the first act with that line. Yes. Yeah. I got to also honorably mention, Will, uh, mention Willie sure. in, yeah. in, in part one because I think he's just so funny. In part one, it's like, ah, oh, you're lucky you're getting your own burial. My own father was thrown in the bog. No. <laughs> and when he's burying Super Dude. Yep. 
and uh, what he's what he says, I'll kill that Mister Burns and wound that, wound that Mister Smithers. What about all that expensive stuff we wanted? Yeah. Can we still have it? No. He, like ah! rips his shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the first time? No. 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 It it's was uh, the grease. Sweet Seymour Skinner. Yeah. 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 Um, and then the other just honorable mention real quick is uh, <laughs> when Bart at the town hall meeting, Bart's like, look what they did to my best friend. <laughs> and it goes and to Willow's just like eating cheesy puffs. What? And he's like, <laughs> and everyone's like, like horrified. Like, oh, what have they done to this board? It's just normal Millhouse, And they're yeah. all horrified. Yeah. Poor Millhouse. He's the worst. <laughs> Such a wiener kid. So um, three months pass. Uh-huh. And the world is. And it in turns a, out it was the baby. And it turns out it was a baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> one hundred thirty-eighth episode, spectacular. Oh, that's gonna be a fun one. Uh, here's a fun story. Okay. Uh, I promise it's fun. Okay. Um, I. It's Greg great. has to say that about his stories now. And it's, is it about is it about Lost or Harry Potter? No, it is not. It's about the Simpsons. <laughs> oh, and, oh, thank uh, God. And it's brief. Uh, I saw the one hundred thirty-eighth episode, spectacular, before I saw Who Shot oh, Mr. Burns. No. Really? Yes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yes, because I saw all these episodes in syndication, and like yep. CBC didn't give a shit how they aired them. Oh, of course not. Right. Um, and so I was watching it, and it was like last summer, people were enraptured with the mystery of who shot Mr. Burns. Then they found out it was the baby. And I was like, what? Is that an episode? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't even know that it was an well, episode. It's plausible that that was a joke. Yeah, yeah I thought it was, know. I honestly thought it was a joke. So when it actually turned out to be the baby, I was like, huh. Huh. Interesting. All right. Oh, oh well, Greg, I got a, I got a, uh, an anecdote for you. Actually, right. right after we finished watching Who Shot Mr. Burns Part 1, uh, we actually watched like the very end of it again because we had taped it because this was the 90s. <laughs> and we had actually like noticed, we actually freeze-framed it and noticed that Burns' gun was missing when he hit the sundial, oh. although we, we couldn't figure out what it meant. Yeah. But oh. I, remember, I remember this still to this day. I'll always remember this. Um, my mom literally said, Maggie did it. What? I still I am not I am not kidding. She literally said Maggie did it. And I actually uh, followed up with her a while back because I always wonder like how did you know like what was your thought process? Like uh-huh. do you even remember saying this? Yeah. And she the only thing she told me recently was that she just figured it was the kind of thing they would do on the huh. show at the time. So I think she kind of meta solved the mystery. Yeah, yeah. That's that's no, that's that's a that's a smart way to get through those clues. And why don't we get her on as a guest? One one <laughs> more thing. You guys got the wrong person. Yeah, we got the wrong Tyner. Um, just just on. just one one thing that they that the that the writers do wind up paying off in the second episode. Well, they pay off a whole lot of stuff, but one thing that I that I noticed really this time around because I'm watching it, I'm watching all the Simpsons episodes this time around with a very academic lens um or at well, least I I try to anyway. <laughs> um it gets exhausting sometimes, but all the animation in the first one is so deliberate whereas in a lot of Simpsons episodes some of it can be haphazard. Um but particularly in Who Shot Mr. Burns Part 1, it is extremely deliberate because there are so many clues to be sprinkled out. Um, and I know the uh, the animators, like, it gets better as the seasons go on and on and on. And I think we're actually kind of now in peak animation years for The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Six, seven, eight are, like, I think the best The Simpsons looks. It's how I remember The Simpsons in my brain even more so than season five. Uh, but six, seven, and eight is how I remember The Simpsons and Who Shot Mr. Burns is like 
maybe the best animated episode of the golden years. Wow. It's a beautiful episode. Like we talked about like the scene with Bart, the same with Homer, like all the shadow work in yeah. it. And yeah. like in addition to all the clues and how meticulous they had to be, yeah. it's probably one of their most beautiful episodes. There was no room for error at all. And then the second one opens with Speedway Squad. <laughs> in color. Um, it's the 1960s. And you and I are undercover detectives on the hot rod circuit. So <laughs> Let's burn rubber, baby. How many, how okay, many? Uh, so, so are they are they trolling right there? They have to yeah. be trolling. Oh, yeah. That's what I, right? Yeah, because, like, I mean, the you know, oh, it was all a dream. Uh, apparently, that's another reference to Dallas. It as sure well. is. There was a whole season yeah. that was a dream. Yeah, so that's kind of a, a troll as well as kind of just a a fun little thing that they, I mean, they take away quick enough, right? Yeah. If they'd done like, you know, like South Park where, cause they did that whole, who was Cartman's mother thing. Right? Oh yeah. 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 And then the, the first one back was just a Terrence and Philip episode. <laughs> like if they had done this entire episode of, you know, <laughs> Oh, turns out Burns is alive and everything's fine yeah. until like the very end or something. That's a troll. But this was just kind of like uh, a little, a little thing at the beginning just to be like, a little ah, bait just and switch. Yeah. 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 Just Arre- a little rest. Arrested Development season five basically did that for like the first four or five episodes, not even referenced the previous season. So I have not watched it. That's the new uh, season, right? Yeah. I watched the first like, couple episodes of that. Oh, it's, it's not very good actually. Yeah. I didn't really get into it <laughs> anyway. Uh, let it lie. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this, so we open with the speedway squad. Uh, he quickly wakes up, coughs up a bunch of cigarettes. That's so gross. So gross. <laughs> Uh, pardon me. And then, uh, and then he's like, Oh, I shot Mr. Burns essentially. Right. Yeah. Like he kind of self uh, accuses. I mean, Wiggum is hiding in a priest confession. booth. <laughs> that's really <laughs> terrible. That's how far Man, these things work. Great. They need to go. I love it. They that's, just, that's, that's a perfect Springfield, uh, thing that would happen. Yeah, it really would. <laughs> like, Hey, love joy. Can I use your confession? But wait, is that's like a Catholic. It's a Catholic thing, right? church, yeah. It's so, a different so it's, church. It's so not, they've got a Catholic church in Springfield, apparently. Yeah, it's not Springfield Pres- Presbyterian. Or the cops built a Catholic church oh, for this. Oh shit. my gosh! Whoa. There's a Simpsons their, history for you. Their budget is out of control. <laughs> um, yeah, but he I, he kind of like realizes what happened the night before. He was drunk and he re- remembers shooting someone, mm-hmm. and so he's like, "Well, I guess that's that's it. I'm the one who did it." And the guilt, you know. Takes takes over, telltale heart, and he confesses, and then they arrest him. Yeah, it's really it's really smart how they it's really smart how they get Smithers out of the way right here because they really did spend part one building him up as the prime suspect. Totally. So they were like incredibly smart to basically use him as the launching point of, if not Smithers, then who? who, Yeah. Yeah. And he was just a real good sport about that whole wrongfully arrested (laughs) thing. (laughs) He really was. The um, I mean, it really gets over everything in part one immediately. Like once he saw Mr. Burns shot, like his pity took over where he's just like, I'm back on team Burns again. Right. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I really thought about that, but yeah, he, he's very like, yeah, he did all these horrible things, but like, oh, I still like him. This episode is just so great because of how unique it is mm-hmm. in the Simpsons canon, because they so rarely, do this where it's like, oh, something affects tomorrow right? in the Simpsons world. And yeah. this is just a 
just like such a a great example of like a uh, of like Greg's brain playing the game of what could have been with the Simpsons where it's like you don't have to do this all the time but like a couple of part twos every <laughs> once even, in not a while part twos necessarily but just continuity a little bit clear, of continuity, continuity. yeah they little, do it you know with certain things obviously they do yeah. like gags more or less as callbacks and, yeah. and references but they they rarely have too much that kind of carries over and i think that's just a big missed opportunity and this would be a real good start a real good point to start it you see the you see it the most with like sideshow bob or those and i'd say mr burns too like even in the previous episode where he's eating the chocolates right and he's referencing all these past interactions he's had with them mm-hmm. and uh, uh it's not it's not in this one but a different one i think where smithers is basically like oh like every major life event you've had has re- revolved around them in some way mm-hmm. right this when he's referencing the simpsons and then like sideshow bob whenever he shows up always kind of recaps all the things he's tried already um but yeah, there's never too much of like a actual continuing of a story in that sense. I would love to see an arc. Yeah. I would love to see a part two or a part three in certain times in The Simpsons. Like If they did like season 30 and it was all like a, uh, a, a continuous narrative like South Park. Like South Park? I'd go, I'd watch I'd it. I'd probably watch it. Too. I would 100% watch that. Just I remember it. they. I remember they flirted with that a little bit in one of the recent seasons. I think there was a girl that Bart dated yeah, in like an I episode where he was like that. on a farm or something, yep. and like he goes back to see her in the city. I believe in like the opener, and then the whole thing, like the whole thing goes on like over the course of half a season. I think so. They did flirt with that a little bit, but I agree. I would love it if they added a little more continuity in there. Yeah, if all of a sudden they just started serializing the damn thing, <laughs> I'm back. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. I'm I'm I would give the whole season a good uh, a, sh- a fair shake. That'd be you know what that's probably the best way to end the show if they ever choose to, is to make it, the entire season a big arc. Oh yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. that's up to the mouse house now. Yep. <laughs> October, is it? Is that when the deal officially goes through? God bless it, everyone. Like, something like that. Anyway, we uh, need more. We need more <laughs> Deadpool and Disney I just, movies. I just. You know, I really want Disney to own more things. Yeah, that's that would be great. <laughs> so, the um, one of my favorite cameos of all time occurs in this episode, and I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Doctor Colossus. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from Death Mountain. Oh, all my, my stuff, stuff is there. there. Yeah, uh, he's great. Yeah, he's, does he show uh, up again? I don't think so. In my brain, he does, but maybe I just—he's just so memorable in this episode to me. <laughs> What is he a like reference he to? One off. Uh, he's just—it's just a supervillain, right? Yeah, I don't know if there's any specific reference. I just, uh, yeah, I saw him as like a, a supervillain, a generic supervillain that, because like even, Skull Skull Mountain is that what it? Death Mountain. Sorry, Death Mountain. Yeah. Even that is like just a generic like supervillain place. But he honestly reminds me of a like a Silver Age Batman villain or something. Sure. I mean, he kind of looks like Doctor Freeze. Yeah, he does a little, a little bit. Oh yeah, the glasses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the fact that he's a doctor. I just love how quick. Oh man, the Springfield police are a joke. Like how quick they're. Just, he's like, you know, you've got the you've got the wrong man. And they're just like, all right, and they let someone go. And yeah. <laughs> and they're like, they don't even like go catch him again. They're because he's just like, no, no, not him. And they're like, oh, okay, tell us who. They're not like, oh, w- wait, get that guy we just released. They're just like, ah, it's fine. Yeah. 
Um, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you guys don't want to talk about the sick Comedy Central burn that is through this episode. Oh, is that through, it's, it's it's through both episodes. It's uh, yeah. Pardon, pardon my, my zinger. zinger. Yeah, Which where I, I legit thought said, where he says that he thought it was quite unusual at the time. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is good. I, I mean, I legit thought it was a real show. 1995 South Park has yet to premiere, uh-huh. so Comedy Central doesn't have a flagship show. Was were they the ones who did like Mad TV? No, no. Mad TV was Fox. Was it okay? Yeah, um, yeah. So Comedy Central doesn't have a flagship show. It's a very, very, very much a fledgling network, and it's kind of a laughing stock. Yeah. Also, cable was just a joke in the nineties. Yes, 90s, yes. So. yeah. Comedy Central on cable. Uh, I don't even think the Daily Show had premiered yet, and it wouldn't be the Daily Show with John Stewart until ninety. 99, 2000, something like that. Mm. All I'm, right. just, I'm just browsing through the past programming and I don't see any <clears throat> notable things that were in 95. No, definitely not. Yeah. Was Pardon My Zinger there? Uh, yeah. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Lasted uh, for 25 seasons. Well, um, the, uh, the fact that you bring that up, it's like uh, I noticed, I made sure to note that as it was quite unusual. We get <laughs> the uh, Sherlock Holmes and uh, Watson pairing of... Uh, uh, Herschel Krostovsky and uh, Melvin Van Horn in this episode, which is, uh, I just think, a great little example of Dan Castellaneta pulling his weight. <laughs> uh, what's What's great about this for me is that I legit didn't know how many clues there were in the first episode uh, until much later, like within the last five years. Um, and the Pardon My Zinger thing I didn't realize was in part one as a clue that it airs at three and that the sun was going down, like Burns was shot around three. Yeah. And, yeah. and that, uh, Smithers was a avid watcher of, uh, comedy central. He had already left. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I, I just, I remember when I watched part two for the first time, just like, Oh, that's like a interesting way to exonerate Smithers. But I didn't realize it was set up earlier. I thought it was something they introduced in this episode. You know, they put they put a lot of effort in exonerating Smithers in particular because, like, yeah, like th- that's literally like three scenes they spent, yeah, to like set him up as not doing it in part one. Whereas, like everybody else, you know, it's just flimsy things like the kind of gun they're holding and things like that. Yeah, or arriving uh, at the end of the town hall meeting, Alec. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so so he gets you know he gets off the hook, and then they're like, well, now we're back to square one. Um, is this, is this when he has the uh, Twin Peaks dream around that? Uh, time? that's a little, like, first they got to do the Tito Puente, the oh, Skinner, right. yeah, and the yeah. Willies, and the Mo scene. So this is when Lisa be- decides to start investigating, right? Yeah, she, yeah. Uh, <laughs> because Nancy Drew says all you need to solve a crime <laughs> is an inquisitive intellect and a two good friends, and she has an inquisitive intellect. Aww. Aww, Lisa. poor Lisa. <laughs> oh, at least she's honest, right? Yeah, Inquisitive temperament, sorry. She, she has self-awareness. Yeah. yeah. She's like, yeah, Janie's not really my friend. Yeah, she's, no. She's just a girl that's at school. Yeah. Um, I got I to say, this is probably the best part of the episode for me, because like, we literally just go from funny scene to funny scene to funny scene. Like, We literally go 
Tito Puente, <laughs> Principal Skinner, Groundskeeper Willie, and then Mo. Yep. That oh. is a murderer's row of hilarious scenes. And I just love I love the way it starts too. Like obviously the Tito Puente one's great. And then mm-hmm. Wiggum's like, I hope all all the suspects are this fun. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, me too. And then they are. Um just in a different way. Oh <laughs> let me let me I love uh I mean everyone who knows me knows I love Skinner, but this is another great Skinner thing where he's just the fucking boring. <laughs> it's also like a really great wig of moment. That's true. He just has that huh. moment. <laughs> 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 so funny. Uh just so, like now let me think is what he's trying to say. And he yeah. says each word multiple times <laughs> to get to that oh, point. Yeah. It's agonizing. Yeah. But I love how he also literally admits to the cops that he was about to ambush Mr. Burns. Yeah. He's like, like he, he literally admits it. it to them. <laughs> and then so, and then the thing that I love about it is like somehow he was able to put on his mom's makeup, like eyeshadow and everything Fully. without even realizing what he was doing. Until it was all on. And then he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> this isn't my disguise kit. Oh, my uh, God. That's a great moment, too. <laughs> Superintendent Chalmers. Oh, sorry, ma'am. Oh boy, their relationship is one of my favorite things on the it's show. Outstanding. Uh, yeah, and then we get uh, Willie with the basic instinct spoof. Yeah, gotta love the basic instinct. Um, yeah, because that was this year, wasn't it? No, was it? No. Was it ninety five? Basic instinct was 19, 1992. 92, right? Um, Showgirls. Showgirls is the other Verhoeven, <laughs> and that's in ninety five. Yeah. Um, uh, every single <laughs> American film. Verhoeven ever made is a masterpiece and I stand by that statement. I'm about to do a deep dive into all of them because that is the next uh, director they cover on the Blank Check podcast. I've been listening to that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I am a huge fan of Verhoeven. I've seen, I think, two of his movies, Robocop and Hollow Man. So I'm very excited. Really? You haven't seen Starship Troopers? Oh no, I saw that, of course. Yes. Oh my God. That's probably the one I've seen the most. Total Recall? No, never seen it. So good. Basic Instinct is so ridiculous. I love that movie. Showgirls is fine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think it's great. It's like, it's like classic bad movies. Yes. From my understanding. It's a masterpiece of bad movies. In that sense. You're going to love it. Uh, but yeah, Basic Instinct, obviously the cro- uncrossed legs scene, oh, very yeah. famous, that oh, has Newman classic. in it in the real scene. Yeah, parodied a trillion times. Parodied so much. But I, I love the kind of twist on it in this sense where it's like, <laughs> I mean, I think I've seen it parodied too where it's a man in other times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what works for me in this one is that, is it Eddie? And he like pulls his yeah. gun on him. Yeah. <laughs> this is your yeah. last warning about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Implying that he's been doing it the whole time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And the animation shows him doing it so slowly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but let's talk about Mo. Okay. <laughs> oh, we got to talk about Mo. Because he gets hooked up to a polygraph. Yes, he sure does. Which we all know are bullshit. Pseudoscience. But, yeah. But <laughs> it definitely lends itself to one of the best scenes in The Simpsons. Yep. Uh, <laughs> which is also not how polygraphs work. Nope. But that's okay. Because, again... <laughs> Comedy. Wait, wait a minute, are you saying that polygraphs don't have giant red? <laughs> they don't have little things that go bing or after you finish after you a sentence. How does it know when your statement is done? <laughs> <laughs> they know with Mo. Uh, so, yeah, this oh, man. It's just it. It creates this lovely character beat for Mo that is very accurate to him, and. The, it's it's the whole you know, uh, not rule of three, but the the good joke better joke. Yeah. 
and it yeah. just and it keeps going and i just love the end result is <laughs> Sears catalog he stayed up what do you say he's like i stayed up all night ogling the girls in the Sears catalog is the kind of the final truth. Well, no, he said Victoria's well, he says Secret, Victoria's Secret but that's wrong. So the final truth is the Sears, he was doing that to the Sears catalog. Here it is. Okay. All right, maybe I did, but I didn't shoot him. Checks out. Okay, sir, you're free to go. Good, because I got a hot date tonight. Hot date. Dinner with Fred. Dinner alone. Watching TV alone. All right. I'm going to sit at home and ogle the ladies in the Victoria's Secret catalog. See his catalog. Now, would you unhook this already, please? I don't deserve this kind of shabby treatment. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I don't um, know if you heard that, James. I could. I literally couldn't hear anything. No. Okay, great. <laughs> we just. Played I remember the, all this. We goes. just played the clip. Is all. It'll yeah. It'll play on the podcast. Yeah. Thankfully. And um, <laughs> I didn't know how those was set up. One of one of my favorite. So things. James, we just went silent for yeah. a couple minutes, and yeah. I didn't want wondered. to ruin your guys' take. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Yes, appreciate it. Uh, what I love about it is that he's, he's at first just stating, you know, like, okay, I got a hot date tonight, like just to try and show off or whatever. Right. And then it like goes "Eh," and he realizes, oh, I'm still hooked up. It's going to know if I'm lying or not, but he still tries to beat it multiple times (laughs) because he doesn't want to admit what he's actually going to do. And even to the very last moment where, like you said, Victoria's Secret versus Sears catalog, where it's just like in his mind even though that's very pathetic, at least he's looking at the Victoria's Secret catalog. Yeah. And he's so ashamed that yeah. it's the Sears catalog. <laughs> he um, hangs his head. Yeah, he's so upset. But can, uh, Alan, can you guess yeah. what my favorite line of that is? Uh, I, I don't deserve this kind of shabby treatment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's a nice little cap to the, to the scene, right? Yeah. Because easily could have been done with Sears catalog. Sears sad, catalog. Done. And then, right, he's free to go. Yeah. Move on to the next scene. Yeah. But the, the have that last little moment is just the perfect comedy moment where it it's, it's a run of a joke that, you know, isn't quite the rake joke, right? Because it doesn't get uh, bashed into the ground. It's funny yeah. each time. Yeah. And then you have a bit of a gap before it comes back. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny again. It whips you in the face, that yeah. one. Like, so that's good. the rake. I love it. Oh, his, his, his own body hates him. <laughs> like, <yeah>. It's true. <laughs> that's a really great thing to think about when, when watching this. Like, yeah, your, your, his own body hates him. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I don't deserve this kind of shabby treatment. Yes, you do. <laughs> uh, so after Mo, we go to the dream, right? Because they've eliminated Lisa's suspects or whatever. Not just Twin Peaks. Right. Twin Peaks season two. All right. Well. Yeah. <laughs> was it episode one of season two? Sure is. Yeah. That's yeah. as far as I've gotten. Yeah. In the series. I wouldn't go Why further. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I loved the first season. It was very unique and interesting. And then it goes bonanza. But bonanza. That does that. <laughs> Bonkers is yeah. what I meant. But Bonkers, bonanza. bonanza, bananas. Bonkers, bonanza, bananas. Yeah. Uh, in episode one of season two. And I'm just like, huh? Okay. But that's really funny you're bringing this up because I literally started watching Twin Peaks about two weeks ago, just oh, yeah. so I could like have this reference in hand for once. And did uh, you, actually, how far did you get? What was that? How far did you get? Uh, I'm somewhere in the back half of season two at this point. Oh, okay, so uh, you made it further than me. 
Yeah, but actually, like I, because I, I wanted to see what this scene was parodying, obviously, and yeah. I didn't realize that it actually is kind of early on, like because yeah. the first two episodes of Twin Peaks are actually relatively normal, which was pretty yeah. surprising to me. Like relatively normal by Lynch's standards, of course. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's some like hints they're, of, of they're eeriness just, and weirdness, but it's just more or less a soap opera. Yeah, there, it's a boring. Yeah. It's yeah. a boring soap opera by Lynch's standards. Yeah. Yeah, but then at the end of uh, season one, episode three, uh, he literally goes to bed at the at the hotel and has his dream. Yep. And yeah, he's literally in that other place, and the man from the other place, like the the short man, comes out and like starts talking backwards. Like it's literally the scene from The Simpsons. I can't believe. Yeah. Like I can't believe how accurate they got it. Even like the shadow going across the screen and everything. Yeah. Uh, what a great set that is. Oh, it's gorgeous. As far as, like, as much as I might shit on Twin Peaks for being overrated tripe. Oh, will you? I, oh, wow. I think. <laughs> Shots fired. That yeah, set take. is so gorgeous. Set? And, like the Black Lodge, you mean? Yeah, the Black yeah. Lodge is so cool and so iconic. And Kyle MacLachlan is so great as Dale Cooper. I just love the way it's, the way it's shot in the sense that they, because they shot it uh, backwards, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. With the the movements, mm-hmm. and so yeah. like you can, there's just something off, right? But you can't quite like obviously when you know how they did it, you're like, oh, that's why. But just watching it, like knowing nothing, you're like, what's going on? Like, why is he moving kind of weird? And it's something you can't quite put your finger on, and something you can't do with like CG. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it makes you wonder how many different, like, how much effort did The Simpsons put in to get, because, like, Yardley Smith had to read the lines. Like, luckily, she didn't have to act it out, but she had to read the lines phonetically backwards, backwards yeah. to get it to work. And, like, it com- like obviously, the effect is, like, chilling. Like, yeah. like it's like, it's this weird, like, Chief Wiggum, <laughs> don't eat the uh, clues. clues. You know, like, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's just really, like, all the vowels are super elongated. And I just and, love that. Wiggum is so normal too yeah and that's what makes it like because it could it it would be like in twin peaks just eerie Mm -hmm. but the fact that Wiggum is so normal makes it funny right don't do the what now uh he's he chief Wiggum reacting in that scene is how i react to twin peaks (laughs) you don't react by saying brilliant i have no idea what's going on uh that's how i first started what episode is that Oh, where, where Homer's watching Twin Peaks. Damn fine coffee. You got, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I think it's, it's, like, it's, it's like a it's, horse it's, dancing. It's, it's the, not, a, yeah. it's not actually a singular episode. I think, I think it's an amalgam of a bunch of different things. Oh yeah. No, Twin sorry. Peaks. I mean, I mean, what episode of the Simpsons? Oh, does it's a, oh. a flashback episode. Is it? I think. Is it? Because it was kind of airing during the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it, it might've been. 90 to 92 oh, or whatever. Talking. I'm going to figure this out. Okay. Anyway, yeah. uh, I just, that's the, the other Twin Peaks reference in the Simpsons that I know offhand. Um, and I, I remember seeing, cause I saw both of those, both the, the one in this episode and that episode, uh, long before I watched Twin Peaks. And then, uh, you know, so the joke was lost on me, but now that I've watched it, I'm like, yeah, that's funny. I, I, I like that you're kind of poking fun at the fact that it's really weird but people are saying are like you know this is really like smart. Uh, oh yeah, it's a, it's Lisa Sachs. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Oh wow, season, season nine. nine. Yeah. Holy shit! It was a flashback episode. Good, good work, Greg. Oh. Yes, Greg. Oh, wins. I'm so you, rarely yeah. right about these things. All right, you win. All right. Yes. Jeez. Ah, oh, I love winning. I know it's better than losing. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So burns the suit. Uh, <laughs> I also like how arguably the dream really did nothing because 
right away, Eddie is like, mm. oh, why don't we check out the suit? <laughs> it was the same. <laughs> you have that same backwards talking dream with the with the cards? And when they, I'll drive. When they find <laughs> the... I always thought him drinking warm cream was really funny, too. <laughs> I love that. I just wanted oh, to There's no coffee. That. I'll just drink this warm cream. Yeah. And it immediately falls yeah. asleep. When they find the hair on the suit, and um, they get the they get the DNA. I just love how like they every single time they have a chance to throw a little bit of corruption into a <laughs> position of power, they will do it on The Simpsons. Like, oh, did I say weeks? Because I, I meant seconds. seconds. <laughs> I love that guy. All for a carton of cigarettes. Yeah, I love how he has it ready too, so like yeah. he knows the drill. <laughs> Here you go. Here's your carton of cigarettes. Yeah. Did um, I say weeks? And then oh. of course we get so Simpsons DNA, and uh, that. And then Burns 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 awakens and, and shouts out Homer Simpson. Yeah, so he IDs him. That's uh, all they really need. Uh, they arrest Homer, and that's when uh, Lisa goes to like try and uh, figure out what actually happened. Right? Yeah, she goes um, to the, clo- the clock tower, the um, the sundial. Yeah. Before that, though, uh, they go to the they go to Krusty Burger. Oh, the fugitive oh, parody. Right. And the fugitive, <laughs> he jumps out of. The- so a silly. Brilliant fugitive yeah. parody. <laughs> drive through's not for a parking. No, it's not. Ja- Jasper has got that line, and then what is it? Sidewalks not for fancy wa- or sidewalks for regular walking, not, not fancy, fancy walking. walking. And then you shot who in the what now? Yeah, and I'm <laughs> just like, what's going on with his character in this episode? He's, <laughs> He's like the weird MVP weird of the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, we got to talk about uh, Mr. Burns only being able to say Homer Simpson, though, like the same Doctor Nick. Oh, Mercy, son. Okay, (laughs) Okay, that that was a little strange. Um, Yeah, what's the deal with that? Do we know? Oh, it's it's amazing. Like, (laughs) like it's like it is the like this is what we talk about with part one and part two, where Mm -hmm. the Homer Burns stuff isn't really that funny. Like it's funny, but it's not really that funny. Whereas in this part, they can literally do a joke like that, a follow up on the. Burns not knowing Homer Simpson thing and just make it all comedy. Yeah. I guess what I mean is like, why does this happen? <laughs> it's oh. not really explained in the episode. I don't think his brain's broken. Yeah. Yeah. Did you his feel your brain broken. getting damaged? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got, I don't know. It's me being really nitpicky, but I kind of wish there was some kind of, you know, Dr. Hibbert is like, Oh, like he, uh, in his coma, he, it's Homer Simpson syndrome. <laughs> sure, I don't know. Just something to like explain it. I mean, like my, I kind of just surmise that because he's been yelled at by Homer so much up to leading up to his shooting, that it just kind of is seeped into his brain subconsciously, and it comes out when he wakes. I think that's what's supposed to. I that's, think that's how it's supposed I think to be that's taken. What it's, yeah, but it's just there's never really an explanation. It's just like he's saying it a lot, as essentially in my eyes a way for the writers to have the Homer arrest take place. Mm-hmm. Because why else would he shout Homer Simpson when he wakes up? Yeah. If that, in, unless that's the only thing he can say. <laughs> yeah, I, I always just thought of it as like one of those like Flintstones things where someone gets hit <laughs> on the head and like they forget themselves right. or think there's somebody else or something like that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> that's I just love Doctor Nick's reaction though, because he's he's the he's the resident quack. He's mm-hmm. the weird one, yeah. and seeing him like be like taken aback by something is like okay. that was a <laughs> yeah, little like, strange what the hell? uh it's not something we see often no it is not uh now when uh when lisa gets to the scene of the crime um she doesn't uh she takes she, she doesn't take very long to figure it out <laughs> i know it's no, kind of not funny that all. she doesn't go there first yeah right 
when the pigeon says clue clue it's like all right <laughs> i guess you got it uh yeah that's another that's another really awesome moment though in part two that i think is a little underappreciated like i that's another one of those i get goosebumps moments where like lisa comes around and sees the sundial and yeah. then they do the flashback and it's like i think it's a completely newly animated flashback like it's all in grayscale and it looks slightly different but like they reshow him and like he doesn't have the gun everything's all dramatic and i actually do get goosebumps a little because like one of my favorite parts of mysteries is that moment where they figure it out and like there's usually some dramatic shot like in the usual suspects like the coffee a coffee thing hitting the floor or whatever you know there's always some some beautifully (laughs) shot moment where they're like oh my gosh i figured everything out and like i think this changes yeah, and Lisa really hits on it where she's like, oh, my God, and, like, runs off yeah, dramatically. She says, like, oh, no, Dad, right? Yeah. Because she's yeah. like, like, I know for sure it wasn't Dad now. And, um, yeah, I, lo- I love that kind of thing in mysteries because you're always kind of with the protagonist or whatnot, like, trying to figure it out, right? And so usually if, if it's structured in an appropriate way, the protagonist will find it figured out before you do as an audience member, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say. And like, the, at least that's more interesting to me. Uh, if I'm already ahead of the protagonist, it's not interesting, I, I would say. And so you have that moment where the protagonist figures it out, but they don't just say, oh, of course, it was Maggie. Like, you know, like they, they say, of course. And so, you know, okay, now they know. So like, I'm going to get caught up soon. So you're like, you're, you're engaged, right? You're like, what's it going to be? Like, tell me now, because I don't need to try and solve it anymore. You got it. Um, I think Sher- yeah, and, Sherlock and does that real- really well, even though I don't really care for that show too much. Uh, uh, I think they uh, that that uh, that's another thing. I guess there, there's there's episodes where it's done better than others. Yeah, that that show <laughs> is uh, an example of them uh, of them making you think they're doing it well. Sure. When they because <laughs> the trick to making a good mystery and this is why it's very difficult is mm-hmm. that um, like in this episode the clues are all there. Right. Right. And the clues sh- are there and the res- resolution makes sense yeah. within those clues and the narrative. Yeah. But you won't be able to figure it out theoretically unless you know like it's some people can but. it's a rule that the clues have to be there so that you could figure it yes. out before the yeah, end yeah. um i like that yeah but that's something that it's 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 a simple rule the one that sherlock almost always completely ignores that's true is, actually because oftentimes it'll be like oh it turns out you had mud on your shoe and we've never been we've shown that. never been yeah. shown yeah. that but if it well, was a, it, if it was the book you would have been told that because yeah, yeah. conan doyle ex- like gives you so much description of so <laughs> totally, many things yeah. <laughs> actually right? i don't I, I might have to disagree with you there though because i really like reading mysteries and i bought a whole like collection of like Sherlock Holmes short stories and stuff. And I found them actually kind of infuriating because <laughs> Dr. Watson literally doesn't write down some of the clues. What a dick. Like, oh yeah. Like they were actually right, written before. It's all in Watson's yeah. Perspective, yeah. Yeah. And they were actually written before a lot of the rules for writing de- detective fiction were actually created. So like there are actually ones in there. So it sounds like the show is kind of true to some of the stories. Well, you know, you, because, what, you know what you got to get is you got to get the encyclopedia Brown collection. Oh, oh yeah. definitely. Yeah. Such good mysteries. Like yeah. who who stole the gum? Who did? It was Billy. Right. You know, the the tough guy. Jerk off. <laughs> I used to love those books. I'm sorry. I don't mean yeah, to I deride just, I, I encyclopedia read Brown. I all of them and don't remember anything. Oh, I, I, yeah. Anyway. Did you read Cam Jansen? <laughs> no. What is that? It's like Encyclopedia Brown, only she has a photographic memory. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I'm I remember intrigued. that because there were like pictures yeah. where she would take the snap. Oh. And then she like, would say, always... snap. <laughs> Wow, I've been, like I had no idea. Of her. 
<laughs> if I knew someone who had like photographic memory and every every so often they're just like snap, I'd be like, could, could you go away, please? Stop that. <laughs> Stop doing that. Um, yeah. Anyway, so Lisa figures it out. I really love how um how they really have the tension like to go off of like when she runs away, like everyone's running to the hospital, like everyone's ready to shoot Homer. Mm-hmm. And I love the way they shoot it in that like literally the solution is going to be behind this door. Like there's this big escalation like to this climax. And like, you know what I mean? Like, like I really get the sense whenever I watch it of like the solution is behind that door. We're about to find out, you mm-hmm. know, so the tension yeah. like it's just like the hospital door. Excellent. You mean? Yeah, the hospital yeah, yeah. door. Like, and then it's like Homer holding the gun. Yeah, so yeah. like the tension they build is so good in this episode. And uh, Yardley Smith does a really great uh, moment there when she says, "Stop! Don't shoot my dad." Mm-hmm. I actually am like, "Oh, that's." She has to beg for her father's life in this moment. That's crazy because the whole town is going to kill him and take fifty-one percent of the corpse. Yeah, well, because and yeah. and also because he's literally pointing a gun at the man he allegedly shot. Yeah, uh, you know, in any other show that'd be like, okay, you're clearly the the one who did it now. Yeah. Um, I also it's love very, that line. It's very dramatic because like, well, this goes back to the part one thing, but he's like, he's like shaking while like oh, holding so the gun. Angry. Mr. Burns, like the, it's, it's not really played for comedy until he's like before. Well, let's uh, at the very end, like, like then it gets funny, but like, it's not really <laughs> like, this is high drama in, in like a comedy show. Let's, let's remember that he's not holding the gun at him immediately. He's shaking him saying, tell them I didn't shoot yeah. you. And then Smithers, who is this man? And as soon as he says, who is this man? That's what breaks him. And he pulls the oh, gun. Yeah. yeah. Say it, Burns. Say I never shot you. Oh, you. <laughs> I love that line. Like, I just think yeah. that's very funny. Because he, he realizes in that moment, oh, I look insane. Yeah. I, I mean, before. <laughs> um, yeah. And then Burns reveals, you know, the, the truth uh, <laughs> in quotes. Um, we'll get to that. But what do you... So... <laughs> Before we delve into the the mysteries uh, of who really shot Mr. Burns uh, in the canon, it's it's clear it's Maggie. And what do we think about that reveal? Do we like it? I like Are we it a lot. Disappointed by it? No, I like it a lot. Yeah. Like I wa- I think I was originally disappointed by it when I first saw it because it was like, oh, it's the baby, um, and I had already known because Troy right, McClure spoiled you, it for yeah. me. Um, <laughs> but like the more times I watch it, like the the more times I'm like, ah, yeah, Maggie would do that, like. Like that makes a lot of sense. Where it's like, yeah, I, mean, I like the I like the eye shift at the end, where it kind of yeah hints at like, oh, it wasn't an accident. Like she she she's smarter than she lets she's on. She's you know? very smart. Um, I don't know. I still and this kind of ties in with what we were talking about. How like a continuity would be nice. Uh, I would have kind of liked the idea if because they made it this big event, if there was some real repercussions to it. Mm-hmm. And so if the reveal was that you know. I don't know, it was Barney, because that was, uh, I think, when they floated around for a long time, because they could theoretically put him in jail and it not affect the the, the show too much, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, something like that, I think, would be more interesting for the show as a whole. It would, yeah. yeah. Um, if we're talking about, like, making some changes to the overall Elastic Universe, then, yeah, having it be Maggie is not a good idea. Yeah. But having the obligation, which they don't actually have, to snapping it back all the time, uh, then Maggie makes the most sense. It's tough, too, I, I, I guess, because... Uh, sorry, sorry, James. Uh, if if they did do that, it's hard to believe that, like, you know, Barney, for example, would be kept in prison for long, mm-hmm. just based on <laughs> the Springfield we know and how Snake is out on the streets every oh, yeah. episode, you know? Sorry, what were you going to say? 
Uh, yeah, darn Skype. Um, <laughs> I was going to say that uh, that they do actually do get some kind of continuity out of Maggie being the shooter. Like, they've called back to it a few times. <laughs> like, the end of the Simpsons movie is a little like that, although I don't think she shoots Cargill in the end. But um, I got to say, I kind of agree with Alan in a way in that when it originally aired, I did feel a little disappointed that it ended up being the baby. Like, hence the 138th spectacular joke about yeah. it. Um, but <laughs> yeah, they recognize that that was kind of a letdown for people, and that's why they have that joke that Troy makes. Yeah, like, where I ended up falling on it was that, uh, and this is me talking as, like, a young kid who was watching it, was it just felt like, it It kind of felt like too much shtick. Like, even at a young age, I kind of realized that this was kind of a gimmicky ending where a lot of the fun of these mysteries are like seeing like the person brought to justice, like seeing some kind of consequence like that. It's like, they put a lot of effort into the mystery and it didn't feel like the payoff was as meaningful as the buildup actually was. I feel like the Maggie answer is very funny. So I really (laughs) like it from a comedy perspective. Like it's hilarious. Like they even, they justify it very well with the clues and the mystery. Like I'm not, calling foul on that um but as like in terms of like a narrative and i can't believe i'm using the word narrative because the simpsons doesn't care about narrative (laughs) and continuity but as a narrative it's a little disappointing yeah and i mean they (laughs) it's it's kind of a uh deflation in a way not only because yeah it is the baby but also because they do treat it as a joke at the end where it's just like you know, arrest that baby. It's like, no, she, no. She shot a man. Yeah. Like no, like, no jury in the world is going to convict a baby, maybe Texas, yeah. which is a funny joke, Yeah, but it's just, and then that's it, right? There's not like, okay, well we need to, you know, talk about what this means. And, you know, uh, like would the parents be responsible in that case? Like I this? Feel like no. In real life? No. no. Okay. This, I don't think um, so. The baby shot someone. No, they wouldn't be responsible. Why not? Because of the circumstances. I, I think kids just go off Context. to juvenile hall and oh, stuff. Okay. Not when they're one. <laughs> well, they should. <laughs> Get those criminals off the street, damn it. Uh, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would have liked a, a more concrete ending. Uh, like you said, they put so much work and effort and it became such a big event that it does feel like just kind of a... It, it reminds me of uh, the, the meta joke in Arrested Development where they have like the Save Our Bluths party, mm. right? And they do the whole episode that this is when the, the ratings were bad and they wanted the show to be saved. And so it's a meta thing about save the show. And it's like a, an event episode where it's like one of these people will die and it shows oh, yeah. all the main cast and then one old lady. You know, it's like, it's that kind of thing where it's just like, it, it's... Wow. Alan, are so, you reading my mind? Because I was literally <laughs> going to bring up a very similar situation where I got cynical about these things because King of the Hill did the exact same thing oh, really? I know on one of their show. season finales. Like, I'm, I was never a big King of the Hill watcher, but they yeah. did an episode where they're like, one of these characters will die. Like, there was an explosion at a store. Oh. And it was either going to be Hank Hill, like his <laughs> daughter, or like or like the daughter's boyfriend. Right. And <laughs> Like of course it was the daughter's, daughter's boyfriend. boyfriend. Yeah, like, yeah. Don't, like, don't tease it if it's going to be something. It's it's. I mean, they did it in The Simpsons later too with uh, uh, Krusty's dad dying, right? Oh yeah. yeah. They yeah, had that. Yeah. It was going to be the season premiere, and it was like one like a main character is going to die, and uh, you know there was at least precedence because they'd killed off Maud Flanders before, and, yeah, and she's did. remained dead. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there was precedence that like who could it be? Like like maybe they'll kill off Lenny, or, you know? Like because at least The Simpsons has such a wide. Uh, supporting cast that they could theoretically kill off a character like Lenny or something and it not be like a huge deal to the show, right? 
Um, I mean, you could Lenny heads out there might argue otherwise, but uh, is that a thing? <laughs> I don't know. All right, <laughs> not Lenny. Um, but yeah, and so so I feel like uh, on a show like this, there is precedence to do an actual major death, and then they, it was Krusty's dad, and everyone's like, okay, well, he's not a major character. It's been, he's like, been in like two episodes. Yeah. Like one and, is and a I gotta, cameo. <laughs> I got to say as well with with the Maggie solution, and this is going to sound like heresy, but I do think that her being the shooter does kind of hurt Who Shot Mr. Burns Part One in a weird way. And this is going to, mm. like I said, this is going to sound like heresy. I don't think this is a huge problem. Yeah. But her being the shooter really does make a lot of the scenes in that episode kind of irrelevant. You well, know, yeah, that's the thing because it turns out it was just like a little accident. Yeah. So right. Yeah, when you rewatch it, a lot of and like I don't think part one is as funny as part two. So when I'm watching part one, a lot of it is exposition with the school and stuff like that. And it's ultimately pointless. Like when you have a mystery, you can have red herrings and stuff, but they have to support the solution in some way. So like once again, I'm I'm kind of like arguing this from a mystery narrative standpoint when yeah. really we're talking about a comedy. And as a comedy solution, it's very funny and I approve. But I do I do admit there is a small part of me that watches part one now and kind of shrugs my shoulders a little at parts of it. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, if you build up essentially a reason for everyone to want to murder a man and then the mystery is which one of them did it and then it's like none of them. It's like such a just slap in the face in a way. The and, butler did it. Yeah, and it's, it, or like, you know, like, oh, like in cl- the game Clue, uh, it's like, ah, it turns out he killed himself. And you're like, wait, what? Why was I playing this game then? Um, that's never happened. But you know what I mean? Like, if that did happen. <laughs> I'm not saying I had a weird version of Clue where suicide was an option. That'd be an interesting uh, yeah. version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should just guess that during a game of yeah. Clue. I believe he killed himself. Let uh, me look in well, the envelope. Well, I didn't want to play anyway. <laughs> Bye. That would Goodbye, be amazing, everyone. though. You could put it in the card and everyone would think you're a genius. <laughs> That would be really funny, actually. Um, but yeah, so, and, and this is just, again, like mostly being nitpicky, but only just in the sense that I would have preferred a different uh, resolution. But still, I still maintain the fact that the writing in part one is still brilliant for the solution. You know, like yes. I said, with the whole, what are, you, what are you so happy about? Like that whole thing. Uh, it all makes sense. And so there's no like, ah, uh, like they, they were really stretching with this or anything. It was all there. I just, yeah, as a... Again, someone who enjoys mysteries, it was kind of a letdown. Yeah, that that's really a... Yeah, I guess I shouldn't end on that point with the second part because it is a very well-put-together mystery. So, um, like, let's not be mystery nerds about this. Let's just enjoy it for the <laughs> yeah. comedy that it is. Well, let's talk about some of the other solutions. Other uh, solutions? You're a crazy person, Greg. You're a crazy let's person. Let's favorite joke, first of all. Oh, you I want think, to do that first? Okay. I think it's polygraph. Oh, it's all, we're all going to say Mo. Yeah, yeah we're Mo, all going to say polygraph. Mo's polygraph. Okay, yeah. We're agreed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, do we want to do reference test real quick? Oh, yeah, and sure. And then talk about some other solutions. Uh, so, uh, so references, uh, Dallas, of course, mm. who shot JR. Uh, in the first episode, there's the uh, f- them delivering the package and absolutely positively was like a FedEx slogan. Uh, Monopoly, the board oh, game. Oh, my God, I love that sequence. Yeah, where he gives it to Pete Homer. Pete Porter and, and Pasadena? Yeah. 
precisely. Uh, Goldfinger, apparently the device to make the sunblocker appear is very reminiscent of Goldfinger. Mm, uh, of he dances on the pole like in Singing in the Rain. Yes, he does. Uh, Simon and Garfunkel's song, the 49th Street Bridge song, a.k.a. Uh, Joyful something, I can't remember. Uh, it's uh, Hey Lamp, How What You Know. What You Know, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's taken directly from that. Uh, the... Uh, the music at the end is a spoof of John Williams' drummer's salute from the movie JFK. Oh, wow. which is like, you know, yes. this is also a very JFK kind yeah. of inspired mystery. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, that's great. It, that movie is around this time as well. Uh, and then uh, uh, on TV, there's a Mystery Science 3 to 3000 playing right before Part of My Zinger starts. And that's part one. Uh, part two, uh, there is the Blast from the Past episode from Dallas, which is the one we mentioned, which is all a dream. Yeah. Uh, Speedway Squad is kind of a Mod Squad reference, in a sense. Uh, Homer gets the rickets because of vitamin D deficiency. That's just a joke I never got. In case someone out there also didn't get it, that's why. Um, <laughs> uh, Madonna. Uh, I can't remember. Chief Wiggum says something about Madonna. Yeah, I uh, know. Uh, oh, it's a joke, it's right? A, it's the one that he steals from Pardon My Zinger. Right. And, uh, that's the, how uh, Mel puts together that yeah. he couldn't have done it. I feel worse than Madonna when something. Can't yeah. uh, Basic Instinct, uh, Space Invaders, a video game. Uh, Twin Peaks, of course. And then uh, Tito Puente's place is called Che Guevara. Ah, like yeah. I noticed that this time around, yeah. Uh, the Fugitive we mentioned. Uh, Homer has a shirt in the like mugshot, uh, Haig 88. Haig 88. Which is uh, Alexander Haig, who uh, unsuccessfully ran for yeah. <laughs> Republican candidate. Uh, I believe Reagan won that year. Um, In 88? Yeah, like to, to run. I it was for the candidate, not the presidency. Wasn't uh, it? Wasn't it Reagan? In, in 88? I thought that would be... Uh, American, H.W. You know. <laughs> would that be H.W. in 88? Uh, yeah, because H.W. was 88 to 92. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he... So, okay. Understood. So this was after Reagan then? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why. Maybe, Immediately after. Yeah. Like maybe, H.W. Maybe he, oh, right. He worked under Reagan. That's why. He was running after yeah. Reagan. Anyway, uh, Sherlock Holmes is kind of sprinkled throughout, especially with Mel, uh, Sideshow Mel. Uh, and then, actually, this is, oh, so, and then Bingo, uh, we, you know, Bingo, we have a Nemo. Uh, this one I actually want to bring up because uh, this is around the time of the O.J. Simpson trial. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of little kind of digs slash references to the O.J. Simpson trial in part two. Yeah. Uh, with, you know, I don't know, no one's ever going to buy DNA evidence. Mm. Um, DNA, <laughs> eyewitnesses, <laughs> that down. won't hold up in court. <laughs> Run, Dad! <laughs> uh, what was the other? There's some, there's some other, like, little O.J. Simpson kind of digs. Oh, like planting evidence and stuff like that. There's just a lot of... It was in the culture consciousness. So it was bound to come up. Uh, that's now that, I think, now that I think about it, like, DNA was a really hot thing in the 90s, right? Yep. Because that was when it was, like, DNA... Like, that was really when the breakthroughs were, right? Yeah, totally. And I mean, I think for most people, myself included, it was it was the O.J. Simpson trial where I even knew what DNA was or like yeah. kind of understood what its relevance was to, you know, crimes and stuff. So I always knew what it was. Not right. Because I what does DNA stand for? Younger. Deoxyribonucleic acid. <laughs> oh, you missed the, the joke, but it's a visual joke. So good thing I didn't go for it on, a vi- on an auditorial medium. Trimcler? Yeah. Mr. McClure, what does DNA stand for? And he just stares. That's yeah, he just stares. And then it ends. The, <laughs> the short ends. Or the, the video. Okay, so that's the reference desk. Uh, we're going to talk about... A couple of theories. Some theories, yeah. So uh, we mentioned this at the beginning of the episode. Uh, James has a YouTube channel where he does Simpsons Mysteries. One of his prominent ones is Who Really Shot Mr. Burns? Now, mm-hmm. the disclaimer, of course, is this is just for fun. 
It's just like <laughs> there are there are a lot of disclaimers. Yeah, first of all, because like you're not actually trying to say this is what really happened, and uh, therefore you know the writers intended this or anything like that. It's just uh, a fun thing to kind of surmise. Like how could this? How could these other theories actually work within what we know? Was what that we thunder? See? That was thunder. Yes. That was thunder. Okay, I'm going to close the window. Continue. Okay. I don't think it picks up on the mic, but whatever. Could you hear thunder, James? I didn't hear anything. Yeah, I think we're fine. I'm scared. Ja- Greg is scared. I, like I was basking in the warm glow of internet plugs. <laughs> there you go. Uh, l- legit. The th- there was thundering earlier today, and my dog was just shaking and staring at me and whimpering. And I'm like, I, I'm sorry. I can't help you. It's going to be okay. Uh, anyway. How do you know that? <laughs> There's sounds. I don't understand. That's my Jackson voice. How, How do, do you know? know? Oh, jeez, oh, oh, Alan. Yeah, that sounds like him. Yeah. Or what he would sound like. <laughs> anyway. Oh, boy. All right. Where was I? Uh, it's fun to just uh, see what would work in the narrative. Uh, and so, spoiler alert, the uh, four th- that you've uh, purported as possible solutions are Marge, Lisa, Grandpa, and Bart. All Simpsons family members, right? <laughs> that DNA is strong. Yep. <laughs> uh, and so we, we, Greg and I have both watched all these. Uh, you obviously made them, so, so we all know what we're talking about. So mm-hmm. uh, listeners, please check them out on YouTube. Uh, the Real Gyms is the uh, YouTube channel, and uh, you can uh, watch them and follow along with this brief discussion. Uh, but I personally... Of the four, I like Marge the best. I don't know about you. Mm. No, I would I would agree with that one. I like that one the most um, because it's like it kind of comes out of nowhere, kind of comes out of left field. But then like when you throw in all of these arguments for it, I'm like, oh yeah, she does like guns. Oh boy, yeah. does she ever? <laughs> yeah. She likes guns. She uh, hates burns and will do and anything to protect her, her family. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Marge, the Marge solution. That's interesting because that was actually the second solution I thought of. The first one was the Lisa solution. Oh, yeah. Should I go into some of the backstory sure, of this? Yeah. Actually, uh, I, the the whole thing started because um, I was just bored or whatever, and I decided to like just for fun. I wanted to write a couple of Simpsons fan scripts. Yep. Just I wanted to see if I could write a Simpsons episode. It was just like a fun writing exercise. Like a spec script. I, yeah, almost like a spec script. I think I wrote, I think, three of them total. And uh, I actually encourage fans to try it out if they want. It really does. Like, you learn a lot about how challenging it is to write an episode of television. Like, like as much fun as I love to nitpick and say this is a bad episode, this is a good episode, it really is challenging oh, trying no. to get the dialogue right. It's just a nightmare. But anyway, I decided to write a uh, – just for one of the ideas – since I really like mysteries, I think you guys have gathered that. <laughs> I've, I've read a whole bunch of Agatha Christie books, for example. Uh, since I really like mysteries, I wanted to look at the Who Shot Mr. Burns mystery and see if I could poke holes in it, see if there was like any, any like wiggle room in there. Because right. the actual solution does rely on a lot of symbolism, like with the whole three o'clock thing. The, yep. Like even Mr. Burns himself says like the, the letters don't matter or whatever. Yeah, actually, uh, like, want, just uh, sorry to go off on that a little bit, just because I want to talk about it briefly. Uh, I, when I was a kid, and even to this day to a degree, I always wondered if that's not necessarily him saying, no, I didn't do that. I always thought he was just saying, I did that, and then with my, because he only says, no, oh. with my, the last ounce of breath, I sucked the fillings out or whatever. Uh, and so, like, in my mind at that time, I still thought he did that purposefully. But then that wasn't what he did with the last ounce of breath. And that was what he yeah. was uh, kind of saying to Lisa, right? 
So yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what you guys think about that, but maybe, maybe well, he does him. exclaim, "Oh no!" What? Huh? He said, "Like you pointed to WNS, or from your point of view, Maggie Simpson." And then he and then he looks at her and he's like, "What? Oh no!" With right, my... but but I'm saying he because he takes issue with the with your last ounce of breath part of it, not necessarily the other part. Oh. You know what I mean? And it's sure. to me, it was just a funny joke, not like that is an incorrect uh, uh, conclusion to make. But anyway, whatever, sure. doesn't matter. Uh, in arguably in the in the narrative, uh, it is kind of tossed aside as like, no, that's not what I did. So yeah, yeah. So so I ended up writing this whole script, and I and I basically wrote it with the premise of. What if we wrote a sequel to Who Shot Mr. Burns? And I came up with the idea that Lisa and Maggie look very similar to mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrote it with the premise of what What if Bart literally walked around the side of the building and like when the shooting was happening and found Maggie inside the town hall? Like, and he realizes that Maggie couldn't have shot Mr. Burns. Okay. So I wrote it as a, so I wrote it as a sequel, basically centering around Bart, since Bart is barely in part two, actually. Yeah, that's true. Um, basically, basically centered around him, like basically the solution of who shot Mr. Burns is shown, and Bart basically tells Lisa is like, uh, no, that can't be the correct solution, Lisa, because I was with Maggie when it happened. Because like when you see at the end of part one, like Bart, Marge and Maggie are at the sundial. So I kind of wrote that into it. So the whole so basically the whole script was written around this idea. And in the end, Lisa actually did it and Bart figured it out. It, uh, it's actually really long and melodramatic, but it does have a pretty good ending. I, I, re- I reread it in preparation for this. So I'll toot my own horn there. <laughs> uh, so, so then when I started doing the channel, I was just doing like the regular reviews and stuff. And I really wanted to do the Who Shot Mr. Burns mystery thing as an idea because it was kind of in the back of my mind. And uh, somebody at the time thought that I was hinting in my script that Marge would have done it because I was like painting things suspiciously. But I told him that was ridiculous since she was outside of the town hall meeting. And then just from that random comment, I actually like that's when the whole Smithers gunshot thing came together. Um, So that basically formed the second solution. So once I had two of them, um, that was the whole idea of, well, let's do a Simpsons Mysteries series. And then eventually I'll have the courage to present this ridiculous theory to the Internet, because like I'm going to admit it right here. I was quite terrified at the prospect of making these videos because maybe this is a self-esteem thing, but. Like the video take the videos take a really long time to put together, like the writing, the editing, the voice acting, everything. And I really didn't want to put in all this effort for the Internet to just come back and say, this (laughs) This is is the dumbest thing. Yeah. Like, why do you care so much? Like what? Like, why would you even think this is possible? So I, I, I was completely terrified when I posted the first part, that's why like there are so many disclaimers throughout. That's why I hold did the whole first part to set it up because I was just terrified that the whole thing was too stupid and crazy to be credible. It's it's funny because that's that, I mean, uh, I have had thoughts or ideas for various YouTube videos, like video essays, whatever you want to call them for a long time now, like for probably a good five, six years. And that is definitely the biggest kind of barrier for me where I'm just like, I don't want to put it out there and just everyone tear it apart because the internet's oh, yeah. a fucking terrible place for the most part. Like this is everyone's got their opinion and want to share it and uh, usually very mean. Um, but I mean, it seems like luckily uh, it worked out well for you, right? Like there wasn't, I'm sure you probably had some jerks, but it, it did work out really well. Actually, what was funny was after I posted part one, 
because uh, I had the other two just already done. Yeah. Um, I was going to make... Well, no, I had them written, but not animated. But I actually switched around the Marge and Lisa solutions to make Marge number two, because to make Marge the second video, because people were actually kind of catching on that mm-hmm. I was like hinting about Marge, especially okay. with the Burns love thing. Right. So yeah. when they were already catching on, like we talked about this earlier with the internet catching on to things, <laughs> but I actually did move them around. And it actually worked out even better because I think my personal favorite is the Marge solution as well. Yeah. So the fact that it's the first solution that I present, I think it was all for the best because I think that one is the more like crazy and like, I think that's the best solution so from a, like, like, yeah, like Greg said, it's so out of left field when you first hear it, but like when the, when you kind of present the evidence, it makes the most sense narratively if you are, you know, ignoring what yeah, the writers think, actually want. So I think the Marge solution is really great because it has a hook. That hook is she's the only person who couldn't have done it. Like, right. Like, that's, like that's a great mystery hook. Yeah. So like that's the, fact literally that I had the to, only person standing there when you hear the gunshot. In, yeah, in and the it, actual if, episode. If you think about how mysteries work, oftentimes the person who does it, like in these locked room mysteries, are the person who physically couldn't do it. Like you're usually yeah. most suspicious of that person. So, like, uh, so actually, when I posted it, the reception was actually very, like, it was very widely um, positive. So nice. that was, I, I like, I don't know. I'm getting kind of personal again here, That's but okay. that was like <laughs> one of the more like heartwarming and validating moments for me as a content creator where I kind of realized that there are people as, you know, as nitpicky as me out there who would be interested in this kind of thing and that who would buy into this. So it did kind of give me some self-confidence to just be a giant Simpsons nerd out there and just (laughs) like wave that freak flag, you know, because uh, like people really do seem connected to, this silly theory. So they, um, they really do. I mean, I'm looking at your, uh, YouTube page right now. And, uh, I mean the first one, your first two really shot. Mr. Burns is got 215,000 views, which is like, that ain't nothing. That's like a thousand yeah. more than we get. That's <laughs> <laughs> just barely beating you guys. Just barely. One day we'll get that extra thousand. <laughs> That's right. Oh boy. <laughs> Um, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's quite the, um, it's quite the deep dive and, mm-hmm. um, we should post the links to this sure, on, yeah, of underneath course, yeah. the, uh, cause it's, yeah, it, and I, I guess I want to underline again, obviously, once again, I don't really think Marge did it, <laughs> but, it, but it is fun to just rewatch the episodes. The whole point is with fun. that in mind. That's really, yeah. that's really what I want people to get out of them. So I enjoy rewatching the episode and I even admit today, like I know I wrote the theory, but I have trouble watching the first two parts of Who Shot Mr. Burns without watching Marge. Yep. Because like that's definitely like what I did this time. <laughs> she does see it. She does say a lot of really weird stuff in part two in particular. Yeah. No. So, as far as I'm aware, it's canon. So uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> can you uh, can you answer me one question here? Sure. Um, why didn't you go for Homer? Why? Well, I couldn't make Homer work. Like I thought about Homer, like he's obviously someone you can go to yeah. because of the um, because of the Simpsons DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could just never figure out why Mr. Burns would accuse Maggie in the end if Homer actually did it. Mm-hmm. Like like do you, do you have a theory, have, Greg? Is that yeah, yeah, a theory? Theory? no not not so much of a theory, just something that I noticed this time around. Okay, go ahead. It's the um, it's uh, Homer dressing up as Krusty. Ooh. Um in the in the final shot of uh, of part 1 of part 1 
That's very interesting. Yes. Um, check it out. I have it here. Um, we'll put it on the page. And it's uh, clearly Homer uh, wearing his Homie the Clown outfit. And the uh, his uh, the top part of Krusty's hair is a little bit askew and I have another shot of uh, Krusty as he got back. See, uh, Homer paints his nose red, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Krusty has a, has a squeaky clown nose as a, uh, as a physical deformity, right? Yep. And in the uh, final shot where Krusty, in quotes, um, at the end of Who Shot Mr. Burns is, it is uh, clearly someone who has painted their nose and the hair is askew and they're wearing a bow tie. Whereas when Krusty showed up at the end of the episode, having, he was not wearing a bow tie at all. Yeah. Yeah, The little at the top is the only thing that is uh, a barrier, but uh, I mean, easily argued, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like there's a giant motif in the episodes about mistaken identities, Homer's identity, grandpa looking Homer, looking like Homer had melted, <laughs> Skinner putting on moment. makeup in the second episode. Mm-hmm. It's almost like there's an entire motif about makeup in the episodes. Yes. Um, so I, I just thought, thought that thought was, about this. that was an interesting, that I thought about this recently. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting one for me cause I hadn't caught it before. I hadn't caught that uh, little red herring before. My thought about because I kind of thought about Homer two today only because once I rewatched all your videos I was like okay he, he got every member of the family except for Homer so I'm, and then I was just kind of thinking like what like how could Homer work in this you know this context of like why would he ID Maggie and that kind of thing uh, the only thought I had uh, is that when he is literally holding a gun to Burns's head and says say I never shot you maybe. Burns is so scared for his life that he does comply and says, yeah, no, it wasn't you. It was the baby because he was scared of getting murdered because he's, he's done it before and he knows but, he's in unhinged. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That's just something I thought of that could, but, but, what would, but what would stop Burns from saying it afterwards necessarily? That's uh, like yeah, that, that's, police. that's obviously the, I mean, I guess you could argue that with some of the other characters too, perhaps. Uh, well, no, I think you made a pretty good case for most of them. Uh, anyway, but uh, I don't know. That's just my thought in the moment, at least, why he would do it. Uh, maybe he's just too happy to be alive and like not dead that he's just like, I'm going to leave this be. Yeah. I'm, you know. Well, I mean, uh, you well, could, and then he forgets who Homer is again right away, right? That's, you could cite precedent too, mm-hmm. because there are things like the end of. Um, what is it? The German episode with the chocolate Burns where he's, where he's like mad about Homer and like rehires him and does the whole sort of Damocles thing. Yeah. And that, that, that dagger never drops. So it yeah. could just well, be and another. It's, and it's, I mean, because thing. he doesn't remember who Homer is. Right. So that could be the thing also, like after being shot by him, he remembers who he is for like immediately after. That's why he shouts his name all the time. Like he's saying, I know who did it. I know who did it. It's Homer Simpson, Homer Simpson, Homer Simpson. And then, cause he doesn't snap out of that until he's got the gun to his head. And then he's like, oh, no, no, of course not. It wasn't you. It was the baby. And then immediately after all that kind of ends, up, ends he forgets who Homer is again. Yeah. yeah it's, there's, there's some precedence there. I, I, I may steal that for later, though. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, have we come to it? Are we this done? Has been a, this has been a marathon. Oh, yeah. yeah this is a, I mean, I kind of warned people in the last episode this might be a two-hour episode. Uh, we're a little over two hours, so, uh, but that's, you know, we're covering two episodes. We got a lot to talk about, yeah. so that's okay. 
Uh, but yeah, I guess we can wrap things up. Sure. Uh, thanks so much, James, for coming on once again and uh, delving into your, your theories and your videos and sharing all that stuff. Yeah, thanks for taking a deep dive with us into this one. We know you're probably sick of it by now. <laughs> no problem. I'm really glad you guys invited me on. I've been following the podcast every week or every other week or whatever. And yeah, um, and Whenever yeah, we're both around. <laughs> yeah. I, was try- I was trying not to, not to put it in like a negative way. <laughs> yeah, no, um, we're, we're aware that our schedule is not easily... Uh, kept up with because yeah. we have lives and you know how uh, how you could possibly help uh, listeners if you want us to be more regular is to donate to our Patreon. What what? Patreon.com slash Boathouse Studios B-O-A-T-H-A-U-S House spelled the German way. Nice. Uh, because that will obviously help us pay for bandwidth and that kind of thing. Uh, you know, this is a side project right now because we have real jobs and <laughs> we need to pay for our lives. Uh, but we obviously have a lot of fun doing it, so we're going to keep doing it. But that's just why we, you know, we can't really set a schedule around our, our real lives. Because and it's why we take summer breaks. That is also why we take summer breaks. Uh, to also just kind of give a little breather. Uh, speaking of, we will be taking a bit of a break. We'll probably be back near the end of the summer with a season six recap. Mm. Uh, and then obviously we'll talk about uh, season seven in the, uh, in the fall. We'll start talking about season seven in the fall. Um, and we're getting close. We're getting close to the the end of uh, the encyclopedic compendium, at least. End of the podcast as we know it. Yes. Uh, I'm partly looking forward to being done the golden years, only because I think I have a lot more to say about seasons nine and ten. Oh, I have lots <laughs> oh, to <no>. say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, only in the sense that like season seven and eight, uh, even season six, uh, I'm just so over the moon with these episodes. Yeah. I'm just like... That was funny, right? Yeah. And, you know, like, obviously we found a, a fun way to We found a fun way. We do and, some bits. Yeah, but, but Christian for the most Bale's part, our like, landlord. Jeez. <laughs> uh, for the most part, it's just we really like these episodes, and we're going to be very positive and praising of them for the most part. So uh, seasons 9 and 10, not so much. <laughs> season know. 9 is a good season in nitpick as well. Oh, it's not, boy. It's, it's, not, it's not really bad. You it's know, not but the worst, but it's for yeah. me, it's it's almost worse because of that. I don't know how to explain it, but we're going to have fun. Yeah. Like season 10 is objectionably bad for me. I agree. You know, yeah. uh, season nine is like, there's a couple choice episodes in season nine that yeah. I'm like, why couldn't the whole season be like this? Yeah. Why did you start doing episodes like the cartridge family? Oh, I speaking thought, of margin I, guns, I think every episode should be like that. Oh God. I hate you. <laughs> 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 oh boy. But thanks everybody for sticking with us. Uh, thus far. Uh, we're glad we got to finish up season six. Before the summer, kind of. <laughs> Before the summer ended, at least. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but we will be back uh, within the next couple months here. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. You can reach us at thehammockdistrict on third at gmail.com. Numerical three. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at badneighborspod. And uh, you can also give us a review on iTunes because that would fun. really help. That would help. Just Quite hit the five-star button or leave an actual review. Everything's great. Yeah. All, all, all you nice people that are commenting on the, the SoundCloud and the Facebook, we love you guys. Review it also, please. <laughs> that's the last thing we'll ask. That's, that's all we ask. And if we ever do a live show, please come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's pretty much it. Thanks again, James. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug aside from your YouTube channel? Nope. Just uh, check out the channel. I got a... Uh, when is this coming out? This Friday? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, I got a video about uh, Edna Krabappel coming out Ooh. soon, so... Ooh. 
and it's way, way, way too long. So <laughs> that's my favorite kind of video. I'm in the middle of editing it right now, and I'm really sick of it. So, <laughs> so check out, so check out that, and uh, yeah, but yeah, just check out the channel and uh, all that Patreon money you want to give to me, give to the podcast instead. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's so uh, sweet. <laughs> and you know what they say: you only get one chance with Edna Krabappel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Keep watching the skis.